and we are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every Sunday. I am your host, Ben Haggerty, aka Ben Real Verse World. Today I have my homie Cal Scrooby on the podcast, which is actually really tight for me because he is my first musical guest. Cal is a rapper, songwriter, originally from Columbus, Ohio, and is now living in Los Angeles, California. His story is really crazy. He's had millions and millions of plays on all of his songs and videos, including his biggest record to date titled Ain't Shit Change, featuring Chris Brown, which I actually edited the music video and shot all the drone footage swag but nothing has come easy for cal and he's still working day and night to achieve his goals in this interview we talk about how cal grew up on a farm listening to rap how later in college he decided to give up being an engineer major to focus on music and how he was able to get the entire state of ohio to fuck with him on a big level cal even shares the story about one of the lowest points in his life when he had considered giving up on rap but by chance was given the golden ticket which took him from rapping for fun in ohio to landing in a studio session in la with chris brown and drake like what the fuck life can change in the blink of an eye people and cal is a clear example of that i'm proud of cal and i'm excited for you to hear all of this and more on the black window cream podcast today if it's your first time tuning into the Black With No Cream podcast, you're probably wondering what does Black With No Cream stand for? Black With No Cream is a content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee black with no cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We are a private group on Facebook open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos, or you're a photographer, if you're a musician, if you do marketing, management, etc., 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 all creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together, sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creator on earth. And you can join the group if you want to by going to blackwindowcream.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. If you're interested in supporting Black Window Cream, please go to blackwindowcream.com slash merch. We have hats, shirts, stickers, pins, and shit. All kinds of shit available in the store. I appreciate anyone who picks up some merch. If you don't have the funds, I totally get it. There's another way you can support. Obviously, share a link to the podcast with as many people as you can. And please hop on iTunes and leave us a review. Every review helps this podcast grow and helps me as a host understand what you guys want. I appreciate you. All right, that's it. Enjoy the work week. Keep creating. Make sure to tune in every Sunday for a new Black Window Cream podcast. And without further ado, I bring to you my interview with Cal Scrooby and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now. Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. Do you think we should do the whole podcast without breaking eye contact? You think you can do it? Whoever, somebody loses. You have to lose. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another podcast right now. I have my boy Cal Scrooby, a.k.a. Cal Scrubby, a.k.a. Scott. What was the other one we wanted to do? Scurvy. 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 Yeah, I was going to make a little... We're not going to do it, though. It doesn't matter. That joke is for us, not for you. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, Cal? I'm good. Yeah? That's it. That's it? That's the end of the podcast. All right, so Cal is my one of my good, one of my best friends out in California. <laughs> he is a rapper. He is a songwriter. He has done a lot of cool shit. He's from Ohio, and now he lives in LA, and we're in my kitchen recording this podcast with two cameras shooting 4K for the first time. I haven't done that first yet. First time. So, so he saved it for this one. For yeah, I saved it for this one, so it was important. But um, yeah, so this is cool. I'm glad you're on this shit. You're my first musical artist. Hell yeah. I'm honored. You're my first musician. 
I, I don't. I say musician to like Uber drivers. You because, do? Yeah, because I don't want to just be like, yeah, I'm a rapper. And then they're like, oh, I make beats. I'm just saying, I just oh, say I'm a musician and I can take it wherever I want. I can play the fiddle. Yeah, they're probably thinking fiddle. They're probably like, yeah. oh, God, I don't want to. This do guy this. obviously plays fiddle. Like, that's what when they When you look at me, you're like, this guy plays fiddle. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah, fiddle yeah. is what I would assume when I see you at yeah. church. That guy plays fiddle. Yeah. Probably pretty good. No doubt. So Cal makes music. Um, he has been rapping for how long? How long have you been rapping for? Um,. Like five years. Five? Yeah. Professionally? Um, I, it, I, fuck, I don't know. Like, it wasn't even professional until, like, the Chris record and shit. Really? You think so? It, that's how it felt to me. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Five years, I guess. I've been rapping for five years. Cal has yeah. a song. His, I would say it's probably your most played song, obviously. It's, yeah. It's hard so. to beat that, but he has a song with Chris Brown um called ancient change which was was that on the house in the hills ep yes house on the hills ep which was a it's like a year over a two year. years ago like two years ago two, Fuck. i know damn i know we're old i shot that album artwork if you i'll post it in the show notes oh, but yeah. i shot the album artwork and the uh and the videos for the promo with mm-hmm. the drone oh yeah, yeah. shit we did the promo mm-hmm. damn we went up in the hills we went up to this house in the hills and uh did like a little drone i don't even think it was before boomerangs i don't know if it was a boomerang no uh no it was just like a cool like yeah. pull out it was selfie. when you first got the drone too you didn't really know how to what, what i was gonna doing. do yeah. yeah that was crazy yeah but we did that basically i started ben i'm the reason that ben all right no i'm not but <laughs> whatever i shot i did i edited your ancient change video which is cool. You did. That was like your first big video. My first big. That was my first so time I editing did. a real technically so editing I'm, music So video. I'm the reason you're successful. Yeah. I mean, like. I edited a bunch of like little music videos before that, but this was like the first uh, large scale, it's got to be right type video. But anyway, yeah. So Cal's got a song with Christopher Brown. That's cool. Two, two, Cal has two. So- oh, yeah. All right. So let me get to that. Cal also has, he has written the record that ends the documentary that me and Andrew edited and Andrew directed for Chris Brown at the very end of the whole fucking movie. That's you can the song. hear Cal yeah. rapping and then Chris singing. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. Did my light just go out? It's all right. We're not that pretty anyways. We don't know one. Did we just let it go? Should I look and see if this like looks terrible? Damn, that's such a bummer. My light. Sorry, guys. If you're, you're just out. listening to this. Should I t- all right. Fuck it. Let me fix this light real quick. And th- now you guys know that there's, this is available on YouTube. Pause. All right, we're back. I'm sorry. My Basically, my light is a piece of shit, and this is my kitchen, which is kind of fitting because it's like we're having coffee, black window cream, we're in the kitchen. That makes sense. Uh, I just don't have all the gear that I should have to be doing this. I, but feel, like, I feel like an offensive coordinator. What the fuck are you talking like about? On, like I'm on the sideline in football. Like I'm like... Oh, yeah, like a coach? Green 57, gut shot, streak. And then you win the Super Bowl? And then, and then we score. Cool. That's the that's the end of it. We do look like the that. End of the these game. headphones are fitting though. I like these headphones because if I like look over to the left or the right, it, the mic follows me. I'm a righty though. It's like it's a. Well, I could have flipped the headphones for you, bro. Mm, too late now. Yeah. So anyway, so so yeah, he's got uh, at the end of Chris's documentary, <coughs> Cal has this. What what was that song called? Welcome, Welcome to, to my, my motherfucking life. Which is the name of the documentary. Yeah, it's the name of the documentary. You can watch it on Netflix. Uh, selfish plug. We're on Netflix. Shameless plug. We'll talk about that later. So anyway, yeah, so Cal's had some success out in California, uh, had success early on, but I don't even want to get to that. I want to go even earlier than that. So you didn't start rapping until five years ago, but what were you doing early on and, you know, growing up and shit? Like, what was what was life like for you in Ohio and I getting was, creative? I mean, you know, 
I, I was part of the generation that like didn't get phones until we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, and then in, even when we did, it was like snake, snake for and, sure, and uh, the paper airplane, yep. game, whatever. That was fun. So I did what other kids my age did, which was like go to the pool, play kick the can, that kind of shit. But I, when I was in fifth grade, I moved to the country. So then, oh my god, I'm so trash. My dad's trying to call me. <laughs> I'm should sorry. we just? We should answer. No, fuck it. Answer it. We should answer. All right, hold on. Let me see. My dad just got done being Santa Claus at our hometown like gathering. His thing. dad is Santa 2, Claus. Two thousand people there. Hey, Dad, what's up? You never played in front of that many people. I never did play. He's talking about my He's music career. He's trolling. Dad, you. you're on my podcast right now. Well, what I was referring to is you never played in front of that many people that I did tonight as Santa Claus. <laughs> he was saying that your dad's stunning I yeah mean. he really did yeah there's probably three or four thousand people at this town like our town like our local thing five or seven thousand yeah they heard he was Ed, playing santa this year dad i'll call you when i get done with this podcast no i want to be on your podcast no it's over for you champion <laughs> later <laughs> uh my dad is has been saying oh shit i don't know if i should say this this is public is not public knowledge, oh, but he, he plays he could be a every target. once in a while. But he might be the double too. There might be multiple people coming in. He's just playing Santa to be like like the security guard for Santa. Like sometimes he comes. Oh in, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like when Trump had his wife, in it, but it wasn't really his wife. A couple <laughs> weeks ago, she had like the big ass glasses, but it wasn't really her. So my dad Fine. does it, but every year they come out crazy. Just so Santa. if he gets killed, right. it's not the real Santa. Yeah, it's not the real Santa. Yeah, but um, right. and there's no kids listening. I don't think my demo's that that young yet. But yeah. Anyway, he comes out and does this ridiculous reveal to the town as like tonight I think he came out on a drone. Like a drone flew up in the air and he was on it. I swear to God, I'll find videos. I'll Shut put it in the show notes, I swear. He comes out, does this whole shit, it's crazy. Like every year they try to get on they try to trump it. Ah. Ah. All right, anyway, let's get back uh, to this. So yeah, go on. Early early days you were playing kick the can. Oh yeah, and then I, I moved to the country when I was in like fifth grade with my family. So then it was like But where were you, where were you born? I was born in Kansas, but I only lived there for like nine months. Okay. And then I moved to Ohio uh, just because my dad like got a job there or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, so then we, I moved in. My family life was kind of like on the farm, on the, down on the Did farm. Did they farm? They were farmers? No. I mean, my mom, my mom does like the garden thing. My mom's a true green thumb That's gardener. Right. Um, but we had like a barn and shit. And then so like people would board their horses there, so they would like keep their horses there because they Damn. didn't have a barn. So were you guys responsible for the horses? Yeah, like they would. But really, the reason my parents wanted it is so that they would just eat the grass, in, like in the pasture, so yeah. that we didn't have to mow it. Because mm. they had like my parents had like five acres. So. Damn. So yeah, they just didn't want to mow that shit because they're lazy. So you grew up out kind of the. I, I grew up kind of. Like yeah, it was. Kids. It's just quiet, and you can like see stars and stuff. Yeah. Kind of cool. I know you miss that shit when you're out here. I huh? do. So then, so then what, like, in, in high school and shit, you weren't rap. You never rapped in high school or, like, Mm-mm. played shows? Or did you do music shit at all? No, I mean, I play, I play recorder. Be damn serious with me right I, now. I did. I played recorder. We, I remember <laughs> no, my teacher. Well, I mean, we all did. Did you not do that? Like, one class, I think you learned. Okay, but yeah, right. I guess you're right. I play recorder, too. Yeah, damn. fucking give me five minutes. I'll play hot cross buns on a recorder. <laughs> I'll, I'll kill it. Damn. Maybe when the Saints go marching in. Oh yeah, we and, definitely played that song. Uh, no, I I had no like musical talent really. I mean, I I loved music like I only rap really. I mean, I like other genres of music, but like I only listen to now and I only listened to rap growing up. So like, 
if you asked me, if you told me you could give me a, you would give me a million dollars if I named like a like a single Coldplay record, I seriously could not Bomb tell it. you one. Damn. Or or a fucking Dave Matthews band. No, nah, I never listened to him. Nah, but I'm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all my friends were going to those concerts growing up, and I was like, nah. Everybody, everyone went to see Dave. Yeah, and I it's not like, that Dave. I don't. It's not that I don't appreciate it. I just don't. I, I like if you if you played one, I might be able to sing along like the most popular one. Right. But I don't know what it's called. So then, what were you writing? Were you doing creative writing classes, or what were you like? Somehow, you yeah. are a great writer. That's yeah. what I'm That's saying. A, I wanted to be a journalist from the point that I was like fourth in fourth grade. Um, excuse me. I did this like project when I was in fourth grade about Pokey Reese. He was the second baseman for the uh, for the Reds, and uh, my teacher was like, "Hey, you're a really good writer." You know, I was in yeah. fourth grade, which means I was I probably sucked, but I was just better than all those other idiots. Yeah, you kept her more yeah. interested on Saturday night. Right. So, uh, so I. I just kind of like the next the next year I was like writing the little newsletter for our little three class group, you know, mm. and so I was just kind of like making up whatever story, like whatever I was in the news. So it was like the Olympics or something. I remember writing something about the Olympics. So I wanted to be a journalist like all the way up through high school and everything because nobody in Ohio is like, hey, you can be a entertainer or a performer or a dancer or a, or nobody told me I could write like comedy scripts or anything they're like right. oh yeah you have to be a doctor news lawyer or, yeah. journalist teacher so you have to like be a newscaster or a sports journalist or whatever so i'm like i guess i'm gonna do that shit Which, you study that shit in high school and, and college i didn't study it i only applied to ohio state and ohio university and ou i would have gone to scripts which is like their uh, school of journalism mm. so but i just felt like that was putting me in a box too much so i was like no nah, fuck that so with what college did you end up going to Ohio State. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. But, I mean, going throughout high school and shit, were you still continuing this, like, journalism itch? Like, you were doing, you know, like, the school newspaper? Were you doing all that shit? No, I wasn't. I didn't do any of that shit. I just wrote, like, I remember I had a teacher named Miss Borden in, um, like, my junior and senior year. She was the government teacher, and we had to do, like, current events every week. Mm -hmm. And you had to write, like, 200 words or something, but I would just write, like, a thousand words because I would just like clown on it like real hard but yeah. she was younger so she was cool like she accepted the fact that I was putting in a lot more work just even though I was like being a little bit inappropriate sometimes with, like the things I was saying yeah you know but she like let it go because she knew I was putting in way more work than like anybody else was I just did it because I liked doing it I was gonna it was say funny. you were actually having fun with it huh? yeah Damn, and she that's would, crazy. Yeah. so so yeah. then what in college because five years ago. Damn. In college, I just, I was an engineering student and that shit was all really fucking difficult. Like all the, I got to a level in like the math and everything where I didn't have the passion for it anymore. So it was like learning, learning everything naturally to that point, I could do it. Mm -hmm. But then like past that, I was just like, no, I have to care too much for this. And I just didn't care enough. So what the fuck do you do? So I would like study for exams. I would like pull all-nighters for exams and take, like I would take like an Adderall and play beats and to like study really hard and then i would end up just writing music so like i'm like 21 years, yeah i'm like 21 years old and i like play i remember playing like a little wayne beat or something i can't remember which one it was but like i started writing oh it was, i think it was from the uh, uh nightmares at nightmares at the top the one that's like sleep and find the bottom nightmares whatever yeah that one so i like i think it was that one i started writing like lyrics to it and then eventually i would like rap some of these raps to my friends when i was drunk and they're like, yo, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I was like, Ty? Like, hey, you think I could be a journalist? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you think yeah, I could be a really news anchor? Stories. Could I be the rapping news anchor? Did you ever consider that, though, before engineering? Because engineering, that's random. Consider what, rapping? Yeah. Fuck no. But I mean, no, 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 not rapping, sorry. Journalism. 
Like, yeah. you, so were you thinking about that? Because oh, took engineering. oh, not like no. Once I once I got to school, once I got to college, I was like, I guess I'm going to do engineering because I feel like because I feel like when you're younger, or at least from the Midwest, like since we weren't like taught that we could do whatever the fuck we want, not exactly. Um, I think that you feel like whatever you're naturally good at, you take for granted because you feel like you're like I do this without trying, so it's not that important. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I kind of ignored the fact that I was a good writer and that I liked doing it, and I instead I did something that was challenging for me, which was like math and physics and mm. sh- shit like that. Which Third is funny because even if you consider if you like continue writing in, in music, that's still a challenge, like an extreme challenge. Oh, it's, yeah, especially now, you know, like yeah. once, once you once you like realize that it's like a career and you care way more than you did when it was just like half ass for fun, me, yeah. being drunk, right? And shit, like yeah, it's, it gets a lot more serious. Were day your friends play music? Um, my one buddy Daniel played guitar and shit, and he like sings. He still plays like with his band and shit. He lives in Nashville, but his dad like had a little setup in his basement. So I remember because he was the one that introduced me to rap in like fourth grade. Mm. I was listening to like uh, Backstreet Boys shit before that, you know. Yeah, of course. And then I remember like the two. I don't know which one came first, but like the two biggest rap songs that I knew first. He stole his sister's CD from her car one night when I was sleeping over there, and. He played Rough Riders Anthem mm. by DMX, and that was like, we played it like 150 yeah. times on loop. You know what I mean? So that became my shit. And, uh, but the other song that I don't know if this came, bef- came before or after, I would say Rough Riders Anthem had the biggest impact, but uh, either right before or right after that was the, the Godzilla movie, and Puff Daddy did, uh, did the like lead single on it called Come With Me, and I bought the single at Radio Shack. <laughs> Yeah, like I bought it off the single rack for like a dollar ninety nine. Damn, you know, went back when CDs used to like have that. They have, like have the radio edit, yeah, and the explicit, yeah, and the instrumental or something like Could that. Could you? I can't remember. Could you get explicit without like uh, being eighteen? Uh, I have- used to get my edited ones at Walmart because Walmart, Walmart all the sure. CDs were edited. So my I would have to show my dad like the track list before I bought it. I remember I bought get BG Chopper City in the Ghetto when he was part of the Hot Boys and shit with Wayne. Mm. And I put my thumb over the track that had the word ass in it when I showed him the shit. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I haven't thought about some of this stuff no, in like I know. 20 it's years. Because I, I remember I had burned, we were burning a bunch of CDs and my friend was putting me onto all the rap shit. And, and I remember having, I think it was an Eminem CD or something, right when Eminem came out and all the controversy was happening. And I had it burned. And I was like listening. I put it in the car, and we were driving, and the music turned on. And the first song came on, and Eminem's like cussing up a storm. And my dad like ejected the CD and was like, "What the fuck the is this shit?" And bo- no yeah, way. threw it right out the window. And I watched my dreams just like Man. fall apart. I'm like, "No, I'm like, you don't understand." You think about some of those songs too, like what's ludicrous songs like Splash Waterfalls. It might have been Luda. It might have been a Luda, Luda album. And, when Luda and Trina were going in on records. Yeah. And it was just like the most sexually explicit. Yeah, shit. that shit was crazy. Parents were horrified. They were so nervous. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Damn. Yeah, that That's was like crazy. My uh, my first couple songs that I downloaded off Napster. My dad listened to them and was like, I thought you weren't going to download anything like that. I was like, but I did. sorry, man. I did. I almost still listen yeah. to it. I was like, sucks, <laughs> bitch. So, did you, have you ever played with Daniel, the kid from Nashville? Um, Since, no. Since like, music started? No. I mean, I, no, I was just in Nashville with him like two weeks ago, but no, I haven't like really played any music with him. He sent me a cover. I did a song a couple months ago, like two months ago called Voodoo, and he sent me a cover, and I was like all excited to listen to it, and I play it, and it was him doing a cover of the oh, song of crazy. my song which is cool to me because like i recently i've been singing on shit too yeah. so it kind of it was cool to me that 
a, a genre where you sing more, cover my like rap yeah, shit. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah, that's cool. Do you is that out? Uh, did you did he, he ever didn't, release a cover? He, he didn't put anything out. No, no. Damn. But he just showed me it. But Give yeah, me an Voodoo's out. Voodoo's on on Spotify. Yeah, that's right. Now. I'm trying to get this podcast on and, Spotify. They motherfuckers, and, uh, motherfuckers. iTunes or Apple Music. Yeah, cool. Download yeah. it. Um. So then, so then you know, <laughs> college is happening. You start rapping at the end of it. Yeah, like twenty two. But what's happening? Like you're going to school for engineering, and then out of nowhere, you just like, mm, nah, math sucks. All this. Shit yeah, I actually took like I took like a uh, half a year off um, and switched majors. But in that half a year, I was just trying to figure out what the fuck I was doing. What'd you switch to? Uh, n- new media and like communication. Yeah, communication. Yeah, go was, to, go to, go do it. It's it easy. Was, it's a breeze. The easiest. I did it too. It was hard actually because I, I just didn't want to be there. It was that's yeah, what was hard. I would finish all my shit in like the first five weeks of a ten week course. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it'd be I'd, a breeze. Yeah, yeah. And it's writing, and I was it was natural. That's what I was gonna say. Me. I did that with creative writing minor, and me too. You did? Yeah, shit. I didn't fin- actually finish my minor. I me was, either. They didn't I, let me. I, I had did, one semester. All I had to do was the internship. That's I, all I had to I do. I had one class that they they the chick fucked it up and and piled them on. She's like, oh, you can do them both at this last semester. And I go in and they're like, oh, you need to take this one before you take that one. So you have to come back next semester. And I was like, dude, that can't happen. Did you get her fired? I've been here. I would have got her no, fired. No, I, I went so crazy, dude. It was the worst. It I was like dealing with that shit was the worst. Burn her house down. Shout out to you and I. Thanks for making it difficult, guys. Right. But hire me to speak there. I want to come back and speak at my college. Anyway. Um, TED Talk. TED Talk. Yeah, that'd be tight. Yeah. But anyway, so I remember that, and I took the creative writing. And that was my favorite, though. Like, creative going writing. to my creative writing classes, because I was doing communications, and I was like, whatever. I already know how to talk to people. And then learning. Yeah, which, is, which is what it is. It is. It is. It's just talking to common people. Sense. They teach you the same fucking shit in every class. Com, yeah. it stands for common sense. It doesn't stand for <laughs> That's so fucking it's true. It's so easy. But it was tight, because... I'd be in there and I would be working with other kids that were in my major that were all doing the electronic. We did like electronic media. So it was like all. all That's what new media. media mine was new media and was communication it? technology. So it was like, this was when Twitter and shit's like starting to boom. Mm. So it was like, yeah, 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 talking so a lot about that shit. That was fun. But we would do all that shit and I just net, like, it was all networking. Like I'm still, there's like probably six kids that I went to college with that I still fuck with, like that have gone out and done shit other than news. Yeah, which is crazy because I I don't know any of the kids that I went no. to, that I did that shit with because all my friends had graduated mm. already because I took that half year off so they had all graduated in 2012 and I didn't graduate so I went back and finished. You never did. No, I went. Oh, I went you did. Back and finished you finished with major. So yeah. when you're doing communications, that's when you start rapping. Um, no, I started rapping. rapping I started rapping before that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like a, I was a TA for two engineering classes and I would have students that like would listen to my music and shit. And which, which was weird because like my music it was like lifestyle stuff about like getting drunk and like fucking girls. Like college like, shit. Yeah. Like, and uh, so I'll be teaching out there. Like, there's one computer programming uh, class that I taught called uh, Engineering Graphics. And so I'll be like typing fucking code for the, with my fucking <laughs> students. And they're like jamming my shit. I'm like, ah, this is weird. That's crazy. Yeah. So, what? You, you start doing that in school. And what, what did you do first? Were you releasing music on like soundcloud type shit or no, youtube uh yeah i guess soundcloud no no dat piff dat piff well okay. yeah yeah YouTube, so you did mixtape type shit yeah i did like a couple mixtapes so so what you put out a couple mixtapes and started picking up steam because i knew you like got a heavy following from school right yeah like the first i put out a mixtape and then uh crit was on the sideline sideline story tour with cole yeah and he dropped off for like one show and it was uh, the Ohio State show. So they hit me up on a Sunday and they're like, do you want to open for J. Cole tomorrow? And I'm like, 
do I want to open for my favorite artist tomorrow? <laughs> sure. And but it was it was kind of weird because the only performance I'd ever had up to that point was at a tattoo parlor. Doug. Yeah. So That's like so scary. So like there was like a tattoo parlor with fifteen people. Like I have a video from it. There's like fifteen people there. It wasn't my show either. It was like my my engineer and producer. Like he also rapped and he was like, Yo, just come do the show with me. I'll invite right. all my friends. So I had like three or four of my friends there. My brother was there too. And in between songs you can like hear there's like half price tattoos during the performances. The that was like on up. the fly. And the uh in the back you can like hear the zzz, like That's in between so in between songs and shit. So I did. But you that. only played like a few songs at that. Shit, yeah, right? I played like three or four. Three songs. or four songs, and you have to go open up for Cole. Yeah, and then they're like, "Yeah, you got a thirty minute set for Cole." I'm like, "I don't even have thirty minutes worth of music. What the fuck you want me to do?" So damn. Yeah, I went. Up so what'd you do? How did you get ready? I mean, for I really, that? I did. I'd have enough, enough though. But you didn't. You've never done a set. Like, I never, I never done a set, and like understood transitions and plus i went from like 15 people to like 2,000 people you know what i mean <laughs> but a massive after, stage too. yeah yeah like a big yeah like hundred thousand dollar you know yeah. professional equipment like all that shit um Damn. and uh yeah so afterwards i just kind of was hanging out outside the uh like outside the little motherfucking venue and people were just coming up to me like yo you're dope and like taking pictures and like uh, add me on Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Nobody cared about Instagram at the time. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they just really add me, great. and so that I picked up like a ton off that. And then once I dropped the next project, then it was like waves so of people. So timeline, instead. timeline is you had a mixtape out on Depth yeah. already. Then you play Cole. Then you drop yeah. another thing, and that's when people start picking up yeah. the steam. Damn, you know what's crazy too? Because we t- I told you this. We we did uh because when I play music, it's funny because me and Cal's stories are very fucking very similar. Minus engineer, I would never make that mistake. Yeah, I that's could never big compete. Yeah. But uh, when I be playing shows and making music and doing all that shit, and we literally open up for that same exact tour. So it's crazy because I'm in Iowa, you're in Ohio. We're like that's got to be the next stop, I think. And those words, those states are both four letter states. And they they yeah. sound kind of similar. That everyone always says, "Oh, you're from Ohio." People yeah. make that joke all the time. It's whatever. Or Idaho, which I don't understand that, but they think Iowa. I do. I, they both start with eyes. I guess super and, far and and in A's. Yeah, but anyway, wait. Idaho doesn't definitely doesn't. Oh no, it doesn't. Yeah, and no. In the A. Engineering student. Engineering student. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But we did that shit. And I remember playing that show because it was like the crazy. And Crit did play it too. So we we were before Crit and Cole. And it, what sucked was it was Wednesday during finals week. Mm. It was Wednesday during final weeks, and they sold that sh- the tickets for like super expensive. Oh, well, ours are free. Oh my god, Ohio State person. Yeah, Ohio State. you and I again. Goddamn. So forty forty five dollars minimum base ticket, Ooh. I think something like that for. That's tough. And and the promoter wouldn't let us sell tickets, and at the time we were hungry for sell. Like mm. we would have sold like four or five hundred tickets easy just right off the gate. And damn, I don't know how you would do that because I couldn't do that shit. Because we've but we've been playing shows way before mm. that, so I we had done that. Like yeah. so, here's the thing with your show. How did it go for you? Not having practice or having understood oh, like it was uh, the best. It was, it was good. No, I mean it was it was all right. It was cool. Um, I went up there in the like 15 seconds into my first song, this big girl in the front row was sitting like big girl front row. Uh, I come out and I like step out on the little ledge, and she's like, "You ain't crit." <laughs> like while I'm rapping that's like so my brother tells me that Clearly. all the time like every time I play a song for my brother he'll be like you ain't crit like, you ain't crit damn yeah. but I remember our first show that I thought we, we worked so hard we were about to open up for Posner Posner would have been my first show ever we had played one show before in a club thought we were the shit 
like we're like, oh, all we need is this because that's like what happened to Mac Miller. That's what happened to whoever. And I'm like, that's all we need is just one show. Posner's coming through, and we were supposed to play, and then we ended up not getting on the bill last minute. And I'm so glad we didn't now, looking back at it, because it would have just tanked. But by the time we did like a coal show, we were like seasoned as far as like opening for mm. artists and shit. But I remember doing that, and then he came straight to you, which was crazy because we didn't meet until a while after that. Do you know how that order went on the sh- on the tour? What did they go? Did it go? consecutively was it consecutive I think, nights no i think it had to have been he played our show in iowa and then had to have gone to minneapolis or or chicago yeah. before he got to you it had to look it up to that it's probably two days crazy. off two days off that shit blew my mind because we probably opened up for that's when you can say small world very small world because a lot of times people say small world and they're just wrong they're like <laughs> they're like if we're both if we're both from cincinnati they're like oh you went to elder Oh, yeah, it's cool. Small world. It's like, no, you're talking about people who live in the same motherfucking right. city. Yeah, it's not a small world. That's a small city. That's and like yes, a, it is a small city. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Like, that's not that hard. No, we met well, in Los Angeles, California on some random shit. Mm-hmm. And damn. That's that's small world. That's super small world. Yeah. But yeah, so then, so, okay, cool. So you, you know, that shit happens. You play in front of 2,000 people, shut it down, but you ain't crit. And then uh, you put out the next project. So then are you, I remember seeing the video that you shot and then reshot when you moved out here. Was that like your fucks first? With fucks with me. Yeah. Was that your first video you did? No. My, you had done more, I, right? I did a video like back in 2012 at the beginning of it called Best Foot Forward. And then at the end of 2012, I did the Fucks With Me video, the original one, mm-hmm. which was like the first video that I had that like made, made waves. Yeah, because I mean? so you put that out and it just like, I think that was like one of your most viewed videos until like, last yeah. year right yeah, yeah so just kind of goes viral off the chance of like college hip-hop mm-hmm. talking about fun shit but you, you were like corny too like you were like wearing like the blazer and yeah shit, like that was a women's that was a women's blouse oh yeah it was very small it was I'm dope but i mean he was having fun it was dope the video was sick because it's just having fun yeah you that's all what, the homies we were i was with my videographer who was um not my manager at the time, but was going to end up being my manager like six months later. And Dan Gotti, shout out Dan Gotti. And uh, yeah, he, I, I just brought all these crazy ass clothes and he's like, wear this. And I'm like, all right, that's tight. And so like I would, I for that one shot, I wore the little blazer thing that was like a women's blazer. Right. For the other shot, I had like that big fucking um, uh, fur, fur coat, coat with no shirt underneath. And then the other shot, I had like a bathrobe on with the motherfucking glasses <laughs> with the mustache yeah, on it. Yeah, but yeah. it was cool for me because like I wouldn't, I, I don't take myself that serious anyways. Mm. And so I think people kind of understood that by watching the video. They're like, oh, he fucking like, the, I mean, I rap. I'm but a good still, rapper. Yeah, yeah, he still raps like, well, I, but yeah. he's still having fun with like that. And, and that was kind of like, that's kind of always been how I want to be portrayed like in music. It's like, I'm, I'm a good rapper, but I just don't. I'm not gonna sit out here and act like a cool boy all the time. But I remember um, we were talking one night. I rem- I remember you talking about like having a very low point uh, in Ohio where you were like considering quitting, and then that's when you met your new management. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had done uh, Fountain Square, which is like downtown Cincinnati. They had like this free concert series every year, and so I did it like three, probably three years in a row, and went from like opening it. You know, like doing being the first show and having like thirty people there. there, and then the next year like a little bit bigger, and then the third year like thousands of people there. It was like cracking hometown show for free, right? Outdoors, it was cracking. And uh, but after that show, I was still like, "What the fuck am I gonna do? I'm about to graduate, and I don't like I don't get paid enough off this because I probably got like I think I got less than a thousand dollars 
to headline that show, which uh, which was kind of like I was kind of doing it for a favor because the promotional company had like been put me on shows right, for a right. couple years. But like I I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to like make a ton of money doing doing what I was doing currently. It would have to be bigger than that. So then I met Drew, um, my current manager at uh, at a bar randomly right after that show. Like yeah, because I remember you said something show. like you had talked you were talking to your brother or whatever, and just like dude, I don't like can't do this and like there was all these things that were happening like people were supposed to be at the show and they didn't show up and like all this like, yeah yeah, shit yeah. Was there was on. like there were pe- i mean just pl- plenty of like record exec people that were like saying that they were gonna come check it out or whatever and then they're just like ah oh, no we can't like a and r's and shit you know people who right just like try to name drop all the time so i just kind of was like all right i guess i'm gonna have to get a fucking job mm-hmm but then I met Drew randomly, and he listened. I just gave him my contact info, like in his notes. But at the like, time, did you know like what he? Because he's from. So well, I knew what Riven. I knew that Rivening shot videos because my old manager Dan had showed me some of Colin Tilly's videos before, mm. and been like, "Oh, this is Rivening. This is like the best company that does it." Right. So I watched some like video that they had with like Wayne or, or Ross or somebody, um, and so I knew I was familiar with the company when I met Drew, and. Uh, yeah, so he, like, checked out my music. Because I put all my information in his notes, like, not in his... Con- he gave me his notes. So he wasn't like, hey, I'm about to give you my number. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, this this guy's not going to fuck yeah, me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not happening. Um, so he got on the plane and looked it up, I guess. Uh, maybe he can confirm that. But he looked it up and liked it and flew me out to L.A. And we been working together since it's crazy so. and at the time so yeah Riverdean is a LA based production company but uh, the owner is from Ohio so yeah he was back Cincinnati. like visiting by chance yeah, he was visiting his friend and uh, and they just like talked about you yeah oh yeah Scott had been like yo you gotta come check this guy out I think Riverdean was looking for music artists at the time hmm. like they wanted to get music artists it. yeah but um, but yeah they were just looking for the right person and then Scott was like yo you need to go check this guy out uh, they didn't go to the show, but then afterwards we ended up at Scott's bar, so it was just like by chance. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It's all about who you know, people. It is. Well, so then you move out to LA. How long after? Because you came and visited, right, and like checked it out, or you actually like that was yeah. It, you moved no, we flew. Yeah, we flew out. We checked it out. I think I was out here twice um, before I before I like moved out here. Decided to move out here. I came out for uh, like a week where we shot. We shot. Uh, Fucks with me. Fucks with me and Gold Coins and All for Ohio. Like, just three songs in one day in the same location. Isn't that crazy, though? You went from shooting... <coughs> you had two amateur music videos that you made with your friends in Ohio who are not, like... More, more than two and less than amateur. Like, <laughs> like they like it was just, like, mine is... I mean, you could shoot a better video with a cell phone today. No offense to Paul and everybody else. I mean... Paul killed it with yeah. with everything that he had. Right, it was the, just the like means were like it was hard to yeah. do just this because like, back then. I mean, seriously, even six years ago, having cameras like I mean, it, it just wasn't the same shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's crazy. So, but I mean, yeah. yeah, we were just on it. We just didn't know what the fuck we were doing. None of us did. So you come out and reshoot the one video that was booming for you already. Uh, why'd you guys do that? Um, I don't know. I actually didn't want to do it. Really? Yeah, to be honest. I didn't want to do it because I was like, nah, this is this is spot on. Like, like the way is, you did shoot it was yeah. cool? I was like, this is exactly who I am, and this is exactly, like, people like this. And I actually shot it, and I don't know if it's still on YouTube. If you go read the comments, though, then people are like, oh, I like the original better. That's crazy. Me too. Yeah. But, but yeah. you go to shooting, like... But I just did it because, like, it was, my relationship with Drew was so new that I was like, all right, dude, like... 
Just see. Yeah. What it I was. mean, it's a, it's a team thing. You just gotta trust like the people that you're with. You're like, let's try it out. Like, what's yeah. it really gonna hurt? And how? So was that, is that exciting for you to like know? Damn, this dude has been working with all these artists. He's been around. Yeah, because it while. made me feel like I like I had a shot professionally. I think I I, I never like doubted myself talent wise. Like yeah. I know I know I'm good, but um, but I think that like it seems like such a climb and like such a shot in the dark and being a superstar or like the idea of of you know being like having a brand and the image and stuff is so much more than just like rapping mm -hmm. and i've just always known that i'm good at rap i'm like i can make a good song right sure. but there's like a whole business yeah but there's just it. more behind it and like connecting with certain people and you know like just knowing the right people just seems so important and now i realize that it's probably not necessary like i've seen other cats who like just kind of start to do it themselves mm -hmm. um but i i don't regret it like i think it's i think it always helps when you put people on your team that you know and trust and yeah, yeah. that can you know but how crazy it's right crazy people. for you to say like at the time you're talking about just that after that show i remember you telling me that you went and played the show and it was lit like everyone was there fucking thousands of people going crazy for you that was like your biggest show at the time and then you were just feeling so like bummed because you're like, damn, I'm about to be out of. Yeah, I, I need like, to work. I was like, this is the pinnacle for like, me. Yeah, like, this is the. I was like, this is it. Like literally nothing. It doesn't get any better than this. And then you come to this place like thinking, damn, what do I do now? Like this might be it. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you get this opportunity out of nowhere. Yeah. To go out and work in L.A. with like real people in the real industry, which is untouchable for being in Iowa, Ohio, like being in the Midwest. You don't. There's. Chicago, that's the closest thing to you. That's like a major city yeah. that's like truly could do something for you, and it's impossible to like afford getting there, yeah. being there all the time. Connect. To, it's like, very hard. It's five and a half hours away from me. So same here. Yeah. It was like the same distance. So it's like tough, like to do that shit. But then out of nowhere, you got a fucking golden ticket, and yeah. you come out here. I feel like moving out to LA though, like it's it's like having a baby. It's like you you're never going to be ready to move to LA like people are like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna save money for a year and a half and then I'm gonna move out and yeah. it's like no you're not no you're not right. like you just gotta move you literally have to like go move and go sleep on somebody's couch yep. you're never gonna be prepared to do it so you just like just throw yourself to the wolves just be like LA have me I'll figure it out what did you, you do you, I, I know you and your girl, your girl moved out here and then mm -hmm. was there anyone else that you um, no no we just like came out uh, stayed on my friend's couch for a while um we would go up to uh san francisco and make uh hash oil what we made <laughs> i know actually i remember you telling me this yeah we i was like dude oil. what are you doing out yeah. here yeah um so we would go up there and make hash oil and make some money and then but that, like how was that connection brought to you probably shouldn't probably okay, shouldn't yeah, but, elaborate. Like, but like just a random like connect as soon as you get out here um no it was somebody we knew but okay, word. probably shouldn't yeah but that turns into work so you get to go up there and do i mean that's probably like a legal job now right? yeah, uh it's definitely it can be illegal oh, a sure. legal yeah, job if you do it differently. um but yeah it just it got us you know when you're out here uh, rent's very expensive mm -hmm. out here and then once you need like a security deposit first and last month's rent then it's like all right how if i came out here with no money where do i come up with four grand right you know and and uh, at the time you weren't prepared for that you like got the golden ticket and yeah. had to figure it and out. i was just like i gotta go yeah um but yeah that's the whole point is you just come out here and make it work and then you just gotta work so how often were you going to san francisco um probably like once every four, five, six weeks. So just to go up there, get some cash, get come some back, cash, come call, back down. Yeah. yeah, and 
what were you doing when you got here? Making music like right away or were you trying to like network or what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, I think like, I mean both, but when I was making music before like the la- the first two years that I was with Riveting, um, we would always, we would like rent studio time mm. or like, or go to a producer that we knew and work with him or whatever. But I didn't get much chance to like experiment creatively because I was always on somebody else's time mm. or like dollar. So we would either be renting studios and it would cost money to rent studios and engineers and stuff or we'd be working with producers and I don't want to waste their time right. getting in there and like doing something I don't know how to do. Yeah, yeah. So I would be like writing raps before, go there, try, try to write try. some raps and put it yeah, all yeah. together. Um, but yeah, it was like, I, I guess I figured out over those two years that working on other people's time is just never going to work for you. Mm. Like, as, like as a creator, it, you know, I think people always say authority kills creativity and a time limit is authority. Right. So if time that makes time like time is in control of what you're gonna make if you only have an eight hour block in right. the studio. Yeah. So I started to record uh, myself like over the last year, and that's just expanded my creativity. Like, so, but like, at the, so when you get out here, was it you basically are coming? Because this is an interesting situation that you're in. You you're getting managed by Riveting, and then the budget is your budget coming from them as well, or were you like? funding all of that on your own no i because you guys yeah. shot like mad music videos yeah we shit. shot music videos and stuff which like obviously it helped that riveting was shooting them because it was all in-house so it's like we could keep costs at the low yeah um and they were like front and money but yeah they were like they were like front money on like whenever we did studio stuff and this was that like a it's like a, almost essentially like a label situation it's, like you gotta pay back the it's kind of like an independent label because those are recoupable expenses mm-hmm. Um, but I've always like considered myself unsigned because signed to me is like a major label experience when you get fronted like a big advance right? and then you can go do whatever you want with that advance and you are signed there for X number of albums and they have some control over when you can put out music Mm -hmm. and I don't have any of those. Yeah. So that's the one thing that I really liked about the situation is that like, it's not so much about creative control for me. It's not about like oh, I need to do this when I want to or rap about this when I want to. It's just, like, I just don't want anybody to tell me what I can't do. Right, I see. It's not, yeah, it's not so much about everything that I can do. It's just I don't have any, like, limitation on what I what, can't do. What was, like, the most challenging transition for you within that first year of being here? Um, I don't know. I hated it. I hated LA for the first two years I was here. What? what I didn't have... I just, uh, I don't know. I didn't have like a routine. I didn't have, when I had school, that was my routine. It was like, I would go to class, come home from class and eat and get high and make music, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I had, I felt like I had purpose and like other things that I was doing. Um, but when I had this abundance of time to create, but then not a means to create, like right. not the actual recording. I mean, I had a mic and stuff, but I just didn't know how to mix my own stuff. I did my first project by myself on, gra- on GarageBand. It's called Best Before Forward. Okay. Um, I did that on GarageBand, like in the in a library at uh, at Ohio State because they had like a big studio whisper room thing. That was dope. Um, but I wasn't good at it. It didn't sound good. Like if I, it's not even online now because I took it off because I'm like, this sounds like shit. Really? And everybody really like a lot of people really like it. They're like, hey, can I have this? And well, it shows growth too. Like, yeah, it does. But like, other rappers don't have their sh- old shitty music. I'm more critical of my own shit than anybody else. Right. Is. So I don't know. To me, it's like, why? If you if I'm a, if I'm a sports journalist, then why would I have like my book report from eighth grade on my fucking? Yeah, but that's more publicly. I think like 
you went public with the with that project and allowed it to go. I mean, at any point in time, someone could have copped that and just keep re-releasing it. Like that's what happens when these people get so big is when something comes out that they try to hide. Even it's almost impossible. Oh yeah, like, you're lucky that people right. aren't re-uploading it, it, it. Well, I think people will at some point. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I like, think it'd be tight because I think that really well, would be like, damn, listen even, to this kid. Yeah, even like the, in the last year, I I tweeted like, hey, if you want best before, hit me up. Like, give me your email, and so probably like. 80 people or something gave me their email and I just sent it Send to it them out. while we transfer. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it's not like, I'm not like ashamed of it. I right. think it, I, like, I think it's good, but it's just, I don't want people to find that first mm. because yeah, I don't want sense. people to be like, oh yeah, I heard that shit and like not know when it's from, yeah. not know that it's from 2012. Right, right, right. Interesting. You know, and just be like, oh yeah, this ass. Yeah, <laughs> and you can't really control the way people find shit. Right. You know what I mean, yeah, you're not in control of that. And but I mean, you, sometimes you might only get like 15 seconds of somebody's attention. So if I have 15 seconds, I don't want it to be on that shit. I want it to mm-hmm. be on different shit. But you're coming out here like no no friends. It's you and your girl, this dude you just randomly met. You kind of know some of the some shit about them but you don't really know them so you yeah. don't have anybody really yeah we're not i don't really have many like real friends or yeah. yeah so what do you you know you're spending all your time who who are like some artists or what kind of what situations were you put into right away when you got out here that were like oh fuck i met is- the first uh the first before i even moved out here i was in a studio session one time andrew was like yo let's go chris is going to the studio tonight i want you to meet him i'm like cool because um, Chris or Andrew has a good relationship with Chris. People, other people don't know this. You know this. Yeah. Because uh, Riveting has shot Chris's music videos for a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, we go to uh, not Hit Factory. What's it called? Record Plant. And we're in the main room, and uh, Chris walks in, and says, "What up?" And this is right before uh, um, X drops mm-hmm. his, his album, and uh, and he's playing like unreleased shit, whatever. Fucking Drake walks in. You're like what? crazy to me because like I've been listening to Drake since uh, comeback season, which was like his first, first. big one. Yeah, he probably yeah. had one before it too, yeah, yeah. but it's like not out because yeah. he probably took it off, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Um, but uh, I was listening to Drake since the only Drake song on LimeWire, LimeWire, damn, yeah, was Replacement Girl, uh, and it wasn't with Trey Songs, and it wasn't even like the full version it would like skip halfway through the first verse that was the only drake song that was on there i searched drake like after i heard that i searched drake for everything couldn't find anything for a while anyway so drake walks in um and i just sat in the corner because i was the broke quiet white kid in the corner and i was like i I was like yeah uh. (laughs) but i was but you know at that point i'm like i'm a fly on the wall so yeah it was cool for me yeah and and so drake's playing unreleased uh, unreleased Drake records <laughs> just loving it he was playing like uh, old like some party party records before party dropped them like uh, recognized uh, he played that grinding record with Wayne hmm. before it dropped and then Chris was playing his whole album uh, like uh, the Akon joint and stuff like that and just going in but uh, but yeah so that was like a and Tiger was in there too. This is before you moved. Yeah. So you are so I was hooked. Like, yeah. You're fucking hooked. So I'm like, fuck. Yeah, but I'm you also be there. But I'm also like, I mean, I, I like I said, I've always thought I was good, but you know, I'm in the room with those guys, and I'm like, if somebody, if somebody asked me to go do a song with them right now, I'd be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm kind of. That was the crazy. that was like the only time I've ever really been like starstruck before. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a trip. Yeah. I mean, you come from. The farm. Yeah, it just happens so quick. I think that like if you would have given me some time, if I would have had like 
a couple months to be like, all right, you know what? I'm probably going to meet these guys in a, and like in a little bit. And also yeah, but it was just kind of like bang, bang, bang. It was like fly out, boom, boom. It was like within two weeks, I'd gone from like, I don't even know if I'm going to make music anymore to like now I'm in, in the same room as Drake and Chris and Tiger. And what's crazy about that shit is there's no way to like relay that feeling to anyone, like to anyone. Like yeah. I'll try to come back and try to nutshell some of these stories that happened to me and I'm like trying to tell my family or tell some friends back home and I'm like you just it's like I I imagine this I I dreamed of this world where I could live in it and and now I'm here but I can't explain to you how crazy or how casual this shit can be and it yeah and it's on some peer it's on some peer shit and that's what I think people on the outside don't understand is they're like oh cool if I ever met so and so it's like that's a fan relationship you right, know what right, I mean? right. Like that's a fan. Oh my god. That's a fan to artist relationship where it's it'd be like, oh cool, I get to sit in the same room as talk and talk to this person. But for us, for creators, it's like it's an artist to artist relationship. Yeah, yeah. And that's the coolest feeling is to feel like you've elevated your career to a certain point where now you're like not necessarily on the same level as those people. Right. But, but if you're in the same room as those people, then you're yeah, doing something right. You got the cosign too. Yeah. It's like having that cosign. I think. It just was those last thing. I I'm, I've been around ASAP Rocky like like five times. Mm-hmm. Never really talked to him because I always try to be fly on the wall shooting like whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I was always shooting something. And then I think at this last like Budweiser event I was at with Q, we like were backstage and Tyler and Rocky were there. And then MacWap Q's DJ was like, "Let's go!" And we go over and meet him. And he's like, "Yo, this is Ben. This is my video guy. Blah blah. He's the big blah blah blah." He just starts pumping me up. Mm. And Rocky right away was like, oh, "All right, cool. If you got the MacWap cosign, you're good. Like, you're good with me forever. What do you, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "You want a picture?" Like, offering me just like, "Do you want to take a cool photo of me?" I'm like, yeah. "Nah, I'll get it later." He's like, "No, man, take the fucking photo." And yeah. I was like, "All right, cool." But then after that, it's like, "Cool. That's good." Like, hit me up the other day. Let's go walk. Let's go to the studio. Rocky's doing some shit some i don't know project i can't talk about but like let's go over there and <laughs> Top seat, you know what i mean but now yeah. it's like it's crazy how that happens but it just takes two times and then the third time you start being recognized oh that's that guy and you can never plan for it that's Ever. that's the biggest trip is that like that day you weren't like oh cool i'm gonna meet rocky tonight snap a photo of rocky and start my relationship with rocky no you know and like that it was the same thing for me that day it's not like it's not i didn't even know drake was gonna come in until drake walked in right like can you imagine how much I pee my pants? Like yeah. When that shit no, happens? I do like, know because that yeah. shit happens all the time. Whenever yeah. you're in the studio with the artist and someone else walks in or you're on tour and shit, you're like, "Oh fuck, that's I know who that is." Yeah. When you're not expecting it at all, that's the that's the that's probably the coolest part about being an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're like, "Oh shit, this is somebody who I actually listen to." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Damn, that's crazy. That'd so be I, like it'd be like being a hooper and stepping on the court and you're like, "Oh man, I grew up watching Kobe Bryant. Now I get to go against go, Kobe Bryant." Yeah. And I'm you know school what I mean? Ass. Yeah. I'm guarding Kobe Bryant. That's you know? crazy. It's probably like that. We did, uh, I think the first time I met you, so I, I had flown out to LA to visit and Andrew Sandler brought me to, um, yeah, seven streeter, seven streeter, Chris Brown video. Streeter. Yep. And I, we like, everyone's heard that story before, but I snuck my way in and like was able to shoot BTS and shit. For and free. I remember shooting it. Yeah. For free. And, um, I'm shooting BTS and I saw you walk in, but it was funny because before I had come out there, Andrew's talking about Riveting and shit and I'm like looking at their website and I saw that they had music management and I'm like coming from music. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Andrew works with this company and maybe they like help artists or some shit. Maybe it, like I could work with them someday. Mm-hmm. And I see your shit. I'm looking you up and I'm like, all right, cool. Who's this dude? And then you come into set and I'm like, yo, I know you. Like, Yeah, I but you were like, what? What? You were like, this kid cornball. is a cornball. I'm coming ball. after him. I'm yeah. like, I'm coming after this kid. I'm like, just because I remember it was like, I think I saw the uh, Fucks With Me video and you were wearing like leather something, something or some yeah. some sort of pants. And Someone I was like, like, what the fuck is this? 
And I'm like, he's real cool. I'm like, he just looks real cool. And I hadn't seen the old fucks with me video. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first taste of you, which is funny how we talk about this shit like your first 15 seconds. It's just yeah. interesting. But I remember seeing, I'm like, hmm. But then you come up and you brought a dog. Oh, so probably with that. So yeah. No, I remember you said you like, it was like, oh, a that was a foster. Dog. Foster yeah, dog. That was Skylar. Yeah. Yeah. So he brings us dog to set and he comes in. It's Chris Brown video and here comes Cal. And I'm like watching this oh, kid. Oh, Don't Kill the Fun. Don't Kill the Fun yeah, by yeah, yeah. Seven and, and featuring Chris, Chris Brown. Yeah. And so he comes on the set and I'm like, damn i'm like he really that's like the super plug like for musicians i'm like he's from ohio i like research it. i'm like this kid looks like he like really got the plug like he could walk on any music set and like talk to any artist i'm like damn his future is gonna be dope like yeah. really dope like you're in a good spot super easy super easy <laughs> yeah. just walks on hey i'm here yeah. i brought a dog everyone's yeah. like oh a dog all the bitches like oh, yeah but i see you come up you see chris dap chris up i don't seven give her a hug like all the shit and i'm just sitting there like damn la is really fucking tight but we yeah. talked and i was like yeah, man, I seen you. I don't, you probably don't even remember the conversation, but we like chat, chatted or whatever. No, I remember it. It was I don't. I do. I, that's why I said I was the one who fucking said what video it was. Don't fucking discredit me. Like I don't remember the beginning. Yeah, of but our I friendship. Can, I know. True. All right, my bad. But like we talked and it was cool. I was like, oh shit. You were like, I got oh it. yeah, because you told me you were like, oh, I make music too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, dude, I make music too. Blah blah. blah. I get it. Good for you. Yeah, like, because I remember it. that too. Because I, everybody, everybody always tells me that when they're like, oh, you're a musician. I make music too, mm-hmm. and I hate it. And so when you told me that, I was like, oh, I, I really hope that you, you never, fucking I, yeah, I really hope you never play your music for me. Yeah. And never. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yo, I just, I get, I just was like more like pat you on the back scenario where I'm yeah, like, you, dog, you're in a good spot right yeah, now. Like yeah, yeah. you have got, like I've been sitting that. at home uploading my music everywhere. Even though, even though you were like, this motherfucker's corny. But the only thing I, no, so that's the thing. I thought you were corny. But then you met I me. I met you. And then you were and like, I was like, I get this it. This is a good person. Yeah, I was like, I get it. Cal's tight. I was like, Cal is me. Like I was yeah. like, we're like the same type of dude. I get except, it. Except like. It was just dressed differently. It wasn't advertised as you know what I mean? Like, I would say like, like far more strikingly handsome, <laughs> taller, um, prettier. That's eyes. the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I remember, just just your vibe was completely different. And when I saw that video, it was just like it was it was like bitches dancing and whatever, and it's yeah. like the typical rap thing. It was typical. And I was rap. like, man, this That's is why like, I didn't like it. Yeah, I feel you. But like now, then I met you, I got it. And I was like, okay, this dude's this dude's tight. And I leave and whatever. When we came back, uh, you were you came to Riveting. I was in Riveting with Andrew working on Chris's doc. And it was like my first two days there. And you came by, and I was like, how do I get him to understand that like we're on like we could be equal friends someday? Like I want I want you to know that I'm cool at something. I was like, yo, I got a drone. Let's go on the rooftop and do oh, a drone video. That. And you're like, okay. And I remember we went out there. On, the how many high, how, how many floors is that? uh six or 18 18 floors so we're up really high and off wilshire and did this fucking thing where cal just was like i'm gonna do mortal Kombat." no not mortal Kombat. it was a uh, fucking street Dra- fighter street fighter yeah, yeah, yeah so he yeah. just like throws a fireball and then oh, i okay. did yeah, yeah i did the drone thing and then i remember like putting the fucking i'm sitting there trying to edit i'm like this has to be cool because no one knows that i can do this shit yeah and that was it and then every i remember everyone's like damn why did they fly the drone upstairs i was panicked and shit but it ended up being dope as fuck Flew the drone up on that roof for the time. For the time, it was cool. No one knew. No one flew drones here. No yet. one was doing that shit yet. at yeah. all. And then I went and added the whole sound effects and did all the shit and fly out. And all of a sudden, you see the hills. And it was you're like, right though. No one was shooting drone shit at the time. I mean, big drones and like, but it cost money and shit. Yeah, no yeah. one was doing like fucking little drones, but making cool shit out of it. Around the time, the only other artist that I saw really utilizing drones was NGK. Did the 
the ones where he would go way after where he that. Was, where, oh, that was way after. Way that? after. Really? I remember watching those two and be like, "Ha!" Huh? Because I remember being in Iowa, being like, "Yo, you might go on this TDE tour, all this shit." And I was like, dude, I have to go on that tour because no one's going to shoot with this like stabilizer thing I have. Mm-hmm. No one's doing drone videos. I'm like, can you imagine a drone video of a tour bus? Like, I kept saying that all the time. And then fast forward to like finally getting to do it. But before that, MGK was doing those like boomerang things yeah, yeah. where he f- did the super fly out. At show. every like venue. Yeah, go which to, like, was really tight. City. Yeah, it was cool. He's a good dude. I Don't know. Did you ever play a show with him? Did one show with him. Didn't meet him. Was it like Heard a college type him. thing? It was at Ohio. It was in Columbus, but it wasn't like necessarily a college show. Who who promoted that? Do you don't know the company? There was a dude that mm-hmm. the dude that promoted our show. He was like would tour with MGK, and he was from Ohio. I met a lot of my fans. Like I just had a show in Columbus, and a lot of people there. We we I was at the same venue where I did the MGK show, mm-hmm. and we were talking about that. We we're like, this is what they were like. This is where I first saw you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, but no, I mean, I've heard really good things about him, like as a person. Yeah, yeah. And he makes good music. Yeah, I mean, he was nice never, at the show, but then just meeting him at this club thing or whatever, like we were or the house party, he was like really, I don't know, he was just tight dude. It's like, nice to know when he wasn't like, being like insane that he like you know on on all his vlogs and shit he's like breaking shit and yeah. fucking going crazy he was just like chilling he's a good actor too it's nice to yeah i saw him in nerve he was really good oh yeah i didn't he was in nerve. i haven't i haven't seen um roadies what, roadies, yet. roadies was really good i watched that in and, our whole australian and tour. i think he just booked a um something with like julia roberts yeah, or uh, or or who's the other lady that's just like julia roberts i don't know i'm nervous like, to say it they're telling me and i don't want to say shit that might not be out i'm pretty sure it's out i'm pretty sure it's on billboard or there's something. like two things maybe you might have to beep out the name that i used then if i say julia roberts you had to treat it like a curse word but I, there's no way i'll find out so you just beep it every time i say julia roberts i don't add this shit it's just going live if I'm, I'm sorry if it came no, out you have to beep it it's like kendrick it's like that song where kendrick says this is not the tape recorder saying that he did it did you ever pick up on that this is not the tape recorder saying that. Yeah, he when he's it. like, um, he said, he, when they, the day, I was yeah, yeah. Remember they beep, they beep right before that. It's like a beep. Oh, yeah. And then, because he says, oh, I didn't know. You, I was like, what are you talking do about? Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. saying somebody's name in it. Mm. And then he, but, you yeah, know, but he don't, yeah. Smart. It was, that's actually really cool. I, I love it. I respected Kendrick a lot for that. I thought I was like, that's, that's dope. But okay, let's get back to, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So, big things are starting to happen. You're seeing like, stardom shit like around you you move mm-hmm. here you start making music who who's the first artist you collaborated with was it more producers you were like doing like getting the studio with producers or like yeah i worked with jukebox um he's a good friend of mine what's he did done? did uh willow smith with my hair he produced that yeah and wrote it oh shit and uh and that that's cool that's quite an accomplishment because willow huge. smith was a 12 year old and he made that song go huge, and like that became like a strip club anthem. So how do you Which get a twelve year old played in, yeah. the, in the strip club? That's an accomplishment. You do it with Will Smith. Um, but that's yeah, yeah, that's a, a massive record. Um, but really good guy. I worked with him. Um, cosign of the interns mm-hmm. too. Of the interns. That's right. crazy because interns cool. Jr. On the last podcast, I met Jr. About, yeah, yeah. So I met Jr. Made. In the studio randomly. That's yeah. crazy. If you listen to last episode and you listen to this episode, see how this bang, shit gets put bang. together. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh yeah, I remember meeting JR in the studio too. Um I forget what he was doing. He was like a studio manager, I think, for them. He was a uh, um uh, Cosign's assistant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well his bitches. Whatever, yeah, he was much. like running around doing all that. Um stuff. but yeah, yeah. So I met them, I worked with um I didn't really do much work with them. Like I just worked at their studio. Mm. I play, I did some shit on some of their beats, and he sent me some beats and whatever. But um, sounds who works with like Bieber a lot. Um, but everybody that I met was like 
really cool. Like they really liked your shit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they liked my shit, but like they were just cool people. I was glad that they weren't just like too big and bougie mm. to like I just hate meeting people and having them not be engaging you to, like you have to fight for their attention almost like yeah which them. is fine i understand they're busy and like there might be a lot of people in the room but i just feel like the first 15 seconds you meet someone like i can determine if i'm gonna like that person or not just 100%. by like hey just if you meet me just like look at me like i'm a human being yeah shake my hand and be like yo what's up like, yeah yeah man you know yeah. so but what do you but anyways. what do you think was like was it difficult because like okay let's take the first video you do fucks with me and you like didn't want to do that or you didn't like the vibe like what you felt like you were being portrayed as you kind of is that how how hard is that to fight in la like how to you don't want to you want to make it seem like you're massive or whatever it is i think for the first like the first couple months that i was working with riveting i felt like um i felt like we weren't on the same page as like i feel like they were trying to uh market me with like sex appeal Mm. and i was like yo i'm not that sexy so I was just like, you know what I mean? Like they were like, oh, like we're just gonna mark you as like the Justin Bieber, but like the rapper, a rap Justin Bieber. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not that, I'm not that attractive yeah. though. I'm like, you know what I mean? So just let me be good at rapping, and then let me be myself and be like kind of personable or funny or relatable or whatever. And you know what I mean? Like, so let, is that a struggle? Like struggle trying to fight through that? Like, um, yeah. So I mean, I think that's why I did. That's why I said yes to so many things at first. We were just kind of like figuring stuff out and. Uh, we just didn't have like the same vision because I guess I didn't really know what I wanted to do with music because I didn't know what was fucking possible. And you're you know? trusting like the system. And, and like I didn't grow up wanting to be a rapper or anything. Like yeah. a lot of kids, a lot of kids that are professional rappers, they're like, oh, I've been rapping since I was 13. Mm-hmm. I was getting in the studio and we were making these songs. I just remember I was like, oh, I'm going to be huge. It's like, dude, I hated performing. I hated doing a presentation to a class of 20 people until yeah. I was 22 years old. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And now I'm like way more comfortable with it. Now I, nothing easy like makes me nervous or right. anything. Um, but yeah, I just didn't envision it. So I didn't have like 15 years for this dream to marinate. Uh, so I just didn't know what I, how I really wanted to be. So the first like six months to a year, we did a couple of videos and shit where I was just like, man, I don't know if this is too clean. This is too like pretty. And then we started to take on the funny personality shit, which was more of my thing. Yeah. Like we did the kill, which is a ju- jukebox beat. Uh, Daniel CZ mm-hmm. uh, directed that one, Shout which is like some funny shit yeah. with the girls with the uh, bunny, heads, bunny heads and they like throw me in that the trunk. Dope. You know what I mean? And Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. But um, but yeah. So and then all the way up to hold up and these records where I'm like being a clown. Yeah. And I just felt it just feels better for me to like not take myself that seriously. I remember. Um like the first video that I helped, I don't even know what I, I think I was just chilling. Maybe I was play, doing playback for you guys or something because I was just coming along. But on my was, video? Yeah, for one of your videos. It was um, Trevor Jackson. Oh, going off. Going off. Yeah. Which I, which I, is a cool ass video, but to be honest, still doesn't like really fit my mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. That's what I was seeing. I was like noticing that and I was just seeing like this, like, it was like you were, you know, two things were hitting each other in the head. And it just yeah, it's didn't like I, it's like I, I got it. Like I, I was like, this is cool. Yeah. To me, but it just wasn't what I, what I really like. What it, it didn't feel natural. No, it would have been. It was some, like I, I totally video. saw. It. Yeah, I totally saw it. I was like, yo, this is dope. This is a dope idea. I love this. It was like the um in the back in the background we had all those TVs like all these shitty TVs yeah. that were all playing like videos of me growing up and shit. I was like, oh, it's cool. Kind of shows me growing up. But it was just, every visual was just so pretty. Yeah, it was super. Pretty. And it, and so it all kind of came back to that like that 
uh beginning justin bieber shit where i was like dude i just don't want to like i don't want to care about how i look because like in high school and shit i was just the guy who wore gym shorts i wore gym shorts underneath my fucking big old boot cut jeans Mm -hmm. and t-shirts that didn't match because i didn't give a fuck i didn't all i cared about growing up was basketball right and so like i just wanted to be able to get out of school go in the gym drop my jeans and play right and I didn't care about like girls thinking I was sexy or anything. So like I didn't want to. I don't want to turn twenty five and all of a sudden give a fuck about trying to be yeah, attractive. True. Damn, that's super interesting. So it's just like I, for twenty five years I didn't give a fuck about how I looked, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to care about how I look every yeah, day. Yeah, so I remember when we did we did Michael Bay, and I remember there was like so we did this video in the L.A. River. We exploded a car, which I got a last drone shot of. Yes. Which at the time, it's, still early on, no one knew about that. I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna go up and get it, mm-hmm. but blew up a car in the in the river and i remember at one point i like looked over when i came what, back the, the river is not a river no yeah it's the la river yeah. greece there's no yeah there's Watch no greece. there's like not hardly even running water except sandler slipped and slipped fell and, yeah it was dangerous as fuck there was like one yeah, spot that it's was all super grimy and shit yeah. gross and shit sandler slips and falls and gets Fucked fucking hepatitis or yeah something. And, but um, Anyways. i remember coming back and i looked over and at one point you're like sitting there you're like rapping in front of the car and shit. I got some tight pictures of that, I think. And then the next scene, I look over and you got your shirt off and you're like rapping. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I did like that though. It turned out tight? I did like that shot because I was right in front of the fire. It was hot as a motherfucker. It probably was hot. I yeah. just didn't and, see you but as you know, like the- but, but, you know what I, but you know what I did though? I told him I was like, only shoot from the neck up mm. on that shot because I don't, I didn't want to, I still don't even, like I'm in much better shape than I was back then I was going to say, just the other day, me and Kyle were sitting there and uh, he it's fucking a pause moment. got a yeah, super this pause, a pause Super pause moment before you get a six pack and shit now. And I, I mean, so I've been working on that shit, but I still feel like I would be a huge douchebag if I ever, if I even post a fucking like video. Like a Bieber comes out and it makes sense. Like you see Bieber with the shirt off and you're like, all right, that makes sense. But I never, it wouldn't well, have made sense it, at the time for yeah, me to just like yeah. walking around like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it, nah, would, I, it would, it probably would make sense if that fit my personality, but it just doesn't. Right. I feel you. I just like, it's not something I, it's not something I'm like really interested in that being like I don't want anybody to like me for that reason. Yeah. It's the same thing with like what I post on Instagram and stuff. I want to post more rap shit on Instagram than pro photos and shit because I don't want my followers to just be like, "Oh yeah, I follow him cuz I like the, his photos." Studio photos. Yeah, like- it's like, "No, I want you to follow me because you like my rap. I want you to listen to my rap because yeah. you like my me and my rap." Right. Not because of like the content I post or how I look or whatever. Was it so. difficult um you're in a an interesting position because you could like voice your feelings and you're feeling like okay I want to go back to what it was and try to have this like looser vibe with with mm-hmm. my music and shit but not, not a lot of people could have done that like you know what I mean a lot of artists got signed to labels and they have to follow whatever which, it is yeah which is why I think you know when I say it's like riveting has at times operated like an independent label but when I say I'm not signed that's why I say I'm not signed right. because we can do whatever the fuck we want and and my team has always encouraged me to do whatever the fuck we want. Like, I think I think for the first couple of years, you know, I would let them try some shit and we would see how it turned out. And I would try some shit and we'd see how it turned out. And, like, we would take the positive and negative from each situation and be like, okay, probably not a good idea to do this. Probably a better idea to do this. So that's why, like, everything we do now costs, like, no money. Mm. You know, we fucking went to, when we shot the rain video, me and Edgar literally drove out four hours out to the desert and climbed a dune, like these sand dunes, for like two hours in fucking jeans and Jordans, carrying the equipment ourselves, carrying a camera bag and a fucking drone for two hours hiking up this thing. Did it all by ourselves, so it yeah. cost no money. Right. 
you know, and got a dope video out of it. The video really probably looks like it costs like forty grand, mm -hmm. real clean cut and whatever. But yeah, Damn. I like doing I like doing shit with no budget because that's like when I first made music, everything was no budget. I no, didn't have any money. You didn't even know what to, like to imagine that didn't make sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was like, what? Maybe like I might spend a hundred dollars to to try to shoot a video right you know what i mean yeah to buy like Tops. some food or like buy like fucking spray paint or something Tops, shit. right or but the alternative to like fucks with me that video was just we went to uh sarah's mom's house and took a bunch of her like costume clothes like dress up clothes yeah you know we that used crazy. that that's what we used like we didn't pay for anything we didn't go to goodwill or anything but so what like coming out here and you have to you you start working with chris and you coin uh ancient change that's like the most pinnacle moment in your career as far as anyone could be concerned because they see this rise they see this rise they see this rise now you're first you, you're in the studio just hearing his music you're like oh fuck and drake walks in oh fuck mm -hmm. and then fast forward to like a year later well it will not even a year after that like chris posted um he was like yo you gotta listen to my boy cal on twitter uh he was like yo you gotta listen to my boy cal like real spitter or something like that and he posted like a SoundCloud link of mine to a song called Game Six, so I knew Chris was. I knew that Chris actually fucked with me, right? Because he did that. Like Andrew didn't ask him or something. I was at Andrew's house at the time, and uh, so I knew Chris like fucked with me. So when I finally got in the studio uh, and had some some joints, me and Sonny were working on some joints, um, and I got to press play on him. Like when he was recording records, he just had a break, and I got to press play on him. And I played a couple of them. The first one I played was Wasted. And the second one I played was Ancient Change. And he was like, yo, you got a verse on that? Like, you got an open spot on that? And I'm like, yeah, it's only got, like... <laughs> open forever. I, I, yeah, I was like, I mean, and at the time, I had both verses taken. Yeah. Like, I had the I had a first and second verse. But I was like, I'll just fucking... Let you. Yeah, no doubt. And so he hopped in there and, and cut it in, like, probably a half hour or something like that. And Damn, while you were there? So he went from playing it to him hearing it to let me in the booth? Yeah. And you had a song? Yeah. And that's, again, what we're talking about, though, like... Where you, don't you know. where you never know what's gonna happen. You that's just, amazing. That's like the best part about this shit. I, I love it every day. You just run into someone and you're talking to them, and out of nowhere, you're like, "Oh shit, you're the person that." Because usually, the shit that you are counting on, also, usually that shit never happens. Ever. Usually, the shit where you're like, "Oh, cool, I might go, I might go on tour with this person, or I might whatever." Usually, like that shit. It, it might span for two months and it, it never happens. But then, like, you might get a call where you're like, where they call you the day before. They're like, hey, we're going on tour like tomorrow for two months. Can you roll? You know what I mean? You're Crazy, like, right? You're That's like, exactly fuck. what fucking happens. Exactly. Every time. Like, yeah. damn. And I think that, I think that's cool. And I think that's also like to people paying attention to shit because, you know, Drew paid attention to you because someone told him to and he just probably trusted them. So, all right, cool. I'll listen. And now it's in a position where he'll put you out there because, you know, he believes in what you're doing. And that's right. like a good person to have in your corner. And that's what I think it takes. It probably just took a little bit of time. Like I said, I didn't want to shoot that fucks with me and stuff like that. But I wanted I wanted to trust his views too, you know, because he's been making these videos for a long time. So I'm like... I mean, the guy knows what he's doing when it comes to videos. Let's shoot it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, but then I put it out, and I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't have a good gut feeling about it. And then I saw the comments. My fans. Yeah, I was gonna were say, like, how do your fans react? Well, over they that didn't. First? They didn't like it. So, and they said so in the comments. Which but what is, about the next few videos? Like, are they starting um, under? What do they think? There was a disconnect because they were like, "How do you go from making super shitty video, not super shitty, 
I, I don't want I like no, my old videographers yeah, doing yeah, that Yeah, thing. but they know what it is. But it's yeah, different from But for making shoot. no budget videos, they're like, how do you shoot this now that this looks like a fucking movie? Yeah. And uh, I mean- That's weird for, for it, a fan. For a fan, especially with no explanation. So they're like, it looks like, all oh, cows just got money now and they're just throwing money at it. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. It's more like cows got resources now. We're for sure. Resources Which is funny there. because I think as a fan, most fans usually are rooting for this artist. They're the underdog artist. Like, dog, you're going to be you huge someday. And then as soon as they get there, like, dog, you're too big. And I don't uh. like, I don't like the, yeah, I, you know, I deal with that shit all the time and I get really frustrated about it because like people on, uh, people on Instagram, especially, they feel like you should be doing what they want you to do. Mm. Like that you should be making the music that they want you to make. And I'm not, I'm just not that person. So my, my roommate puts it, he's, he's a goofball. He tells a story where he's like, it's about like a snail that's on the side of the road and he's selling melons or something. And he's a weirdo. But uh, somebody comes up and they say, oh, I want uh, broccoli. You used to sell broccoli here. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't sell broccoli anymore. I sell melons. And he's like, Oh, well, I want broccoli. I just, he's like, all right, well, then go fucking down the road and find some broccoli. You know what I mean? Like, go somewhere else if you don't like my music. Don't yeah. tell me to change back yeah. to whatever. Plus, the reason you like that, my old music anyways, is because of who you were when you listened to my music, not because of who I am True. or what the music I make is. It just happened to connect with you at the time. So if I don't still connect with you, then don't listen to me anymore. Right. But don't tell me what to do. I always call that. I always call them fake fans. And I think a lot of people take that personally, but like... You're not a real fan of me or my music if you want me to be different. Right. You know, I think like your friends or your significant other or whatever, like you just accept their flaws. You right. Know, for like you just accept them for who they are. But like this one girl hit me and was like, oh, I love you and your music. I just think you should be more humble. Like you need to be more humble in this situation. I'm like, shut up. No, I don't. <laughs> like, humble for what? No, I, like- and, if, and first of all, I'm like, you don't even know me. You know, like my own online persona. And you know what you hear in music. That's crazy. But yeah, I, don't, I just don't fuck with people wanting you to be. It'd be different. a different case if you like came here and became a fucking heroin addict and rapped about doing fucking heroin all day. Right. Like, if, Yo, if everything you need was changed, bro, like right. go back to who you were. You were clean and healthy, and that'd right, be but, a different situation. But and, and yeah, if you have a personal involvement, like if you think I'm like damaging young minds or something, for sure. But uh, but even then, it's like that's my that's my shit. And you don't have to listen to it. You can discourage it all you want, but like, you can't really cleanse the art. Like, you just accept it for. Yeah, can you imagine if they would stop Tyler the Creator when he started his shit? Yeah, fucking Eminem when he started his shit. Like any artist that's had any controversy ever, like exactly, you can't stop someone. And there's just so many people that try to tell me what to make. So I feel like maybe with with my management at first, I've. I kind of, I kind of like let them call some shots as far as let's do this. I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that, but all right, we can do that. Right. And then I think they did the same thing for me. They were like, eh, we don't really want you to do that, but go ahead and do that. Um, and so we were just kind of like figuring out what works. Yeah, it's trial and yeah. error every yeah. time. So yeah. what do you, what do you think with like the way your music has evolved more recently? What are you, what are you most proud of? Um, I don't know. I think I like where my music's headed Mm. more than anything, which is like I've never really had a vision of what my sound is going to be because I just like so many different kinds of music, like so many different kinds of rap. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I used to be like a, what we call, me and Mark call a lyrical, spherical, miracle (laughs) rapper where you're just rapping like syllables and that's it all the time, like Eminem type shit. 
logic or whatever and now i'm like singing and i got unreleased shit where i'm like hitting falsetto and stuff and that's cool to me because i like i I like the weekend or i like migos or i like travis scott or whatever so i'm throwing distortion in so i'm just kind of like listening to all my favorite artists which are i have a lot of different artists that i like and taking like little shit that i like from them and incorporating it like with my own creativity that's sick and so like my sound's still evolving like a lot and still has a long way to go to like be somewhere where i feel like it's just me and it's so unique and whatever Mm -hmm. but it's just exciting to be like throwing all these curveballs and where it used to be just like rapping and shit you know what's crazy is like you come out with ancient change and that just popped off you know what i mean people just ate it up and then i knew that you had welcome to my life forever because i remember when i fucking moved here like when i first started working on chris's documentary andrew was in the car with me we just went to the grove i think for my first time and i'm like coming back he's dropped me off and he's like yeah so we're like i think the documentary is gonna be called welcome to my life like check out this song you know cal like he has a song i think it's gonna be sick and i think chris is gonna hop on the course at the time it was uh corbin Corbett, yeah, the producer. Yeah, so he's a producer and like he had written the the hook and shit or the chorus mm-hmm. and like he sang it. He sounded great. Yeah. Fucking sound dude sounds really good. But he had written it, so we had that track and it's you rapping and we just like put it in the end right off the like once we got to create creating the whole film, the, it ended with these like fake credits and we'd always hear Welcome to My Life, but it always had that other dude on it. Yeah. And I think we sat on it forever before Chris ever like Recorded, actually, yeah, actually, and even at one point, I think he even was like, It's kind of tight, just like let's leave the guy in there. Which I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's cool, but it just makes so much more sense that this For is it like to be Chris, yeah, yeah. Your, your song. But it's crazy to know, and it and like the song accidentally applied to Chris so much, so much. It was, it was like almost weird because because I did do the song like a while before the documentary dropped, or before we even made the decision to put it in there. Um, and there's like that I have that Lamborghini line and stuff and like all the shit that went down in the mm-hmm. Lamborghini. And and it just like it, it's crazy, right? it was like such a direct connect to, yeah. to Chris's life and like the story that just got told. Right. So it made a lot of sense. It's super it sense. And like it's cool to know at, like we all knew that that was there and I'm like damn that's crazy you got two now two records but for the longest time the documentary wasn't coming out yet so mm. it just didn't exist and like the follow up was going to be so cool but then to go and have the film come out and we were all at the fucking premiere of the documentary Chris is there fucking Diddy's there uh, Tygo's there everyone was there I don't remember all the fucking mm. cool key players but we were sitting there walking the red carpet together like that shit walking in cameras are there people are going nuts you're walking in with the fucking grill and shit <laughs> so I'm like i don't remember what else you were wearing but like this shit. Yeah, that velour i had that motherfucking velour hoodie like the smooth velour where'd you get that at um i don't remember i don't know i felt i felt like a cool boy very cool I felt like a cool boy it was a cool night i didn't but i yeah i had shades on shades I had yep. the shades inside which i i welcomed that for once like i'm not even that kind of dude yeah ever but they were tight but i but it felt but it was good. a movie premiere dog it like, felt you good. could play off like and so he comes in and we get to sit down and we watch the movie for the first time which was crazy for me i remember like because we hadn't seen it in its entirety in like forever like especially playing a theater sound for quality wise like you just hope it looks good. So I remember sitting there be like, fuck, man, this whole theater is packed out. It's about to play in theaters all over the nation tomorrow. This better be dope. And then the play is so well. And at the very end, that fucking record comes on. I'm just like, damn. Yeah, it was a cool moment. A very cool fucking cool moment, moment, dog. We're from the Midwest, bro. Like, 
then we moved out here not knowing each other and have a project together especially like that hook was just so good anyways it was so the verses like to be honest the verses to me like yeah like i said it was well written but by the time the song came out it was so old to me yeah that you just i remember you telling me you didn't like it it. yeah just like the delivery of it it's it it was so much my old style which was like super aggressive mad white dude fucking Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's the kind of shit that it was and so i mean i like the record i think it's cool like it, it it is what it is um but I just think that it's so it's such an old sound for me that it's like I almost don't even feel like I'm still that person anymore. Right. Do you yeah. think, there, is there like a struggle? I mean, I think every white rapper is probably always going to face one, but have you faced any critical moments as a, a white artist in this hip-hop world? Like yeah, I think I think like there's benefits and that like there's positive and negative aspects of being a white artist. Um, I think that positive aspects i think that to be completely honest like demographics are more drawn to you like like the college the white college kid demographic love white rappers rappers. they They just have since like they love like some they love i love college uh jordan belford jordan belford or whatever Mm. those songs just like resonate with people especially when they look similar to the artist right 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 that makes so sense. like it, it like that's definitely a real advantage is that you can you can grow like a certain fan base and like because i have a lot of people this is actually i'm actually glad that we're doing this podcast because like i you can't really talk about this in radio interviews they just try to get me like bang, right, bang, right. Bang. um but i actually have a real problem with people who get on twitter and tell me they're like oh i don't even like rap but i like cal scrooby and i'm like hmm I'm like, you don't like rap at all, but you like my music. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not saying directly that this person is prejudiced, but like, I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to play devil's advocate and like find a reason why this person, you know, is not. It's weird, right? Because if if all you like is white rappers, then I, I, I don't think you even like rap. I think you like exactly. white people. Right. They like white people. Yeah, I said I said that I said that about Eminem when Eminem did the Trump thing. I didn't uh, I love Eminem. I think he's great. Uh I don't I didn't think that the Trump thing was like I thought it was I was just really fucking happy that he did it. I didn't think he like killed it or anything. Really? But I was I didn't think I didn't think didn't think he killed it at all. But I really was glad he did it because I don't fuck with Trump at all. And a lot of people were like, fuck Eminem. This is another this is another thing where it's like, I didn't recruit you as a fan. So he's like, people are like, I can't believe he would do this to his fans. Like, you just lost a fan. He didn't fucking recruit you anyway. He says it at the end of the line. Or exactly. at the end of the rap. Like, if you cross the line, you're not a fan of mine exactly. or whatever it was. Exactly. He's like, fuck you anyways. Yeah. And we don't fucking choose who our fans are. No. That's why it's like, no, I'm not going to change who I am. But anyways, I was like, if you if you are not a fan of Eminem after the Trump rap, then you were never a fan of of him anyway. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. you just liked you liked the white guy. You were never a fan of been a fan of rap. You were a fan of the white guy who was good at it. Yeah, yeah. The eight mile rap in the mirror, look cool, walks out, gets bit, like ticks and shit. Like that's what you love. Exactly. That's interesting. And, and you know what? Another uh, con of that is is like being a college rapper, being able to perform to that crowd is a good way to gain fans, but it's hard to gain. Uh, lasting fans because they eventually get their full time jobs and have mm-hmm. to stop listening to that shit because they got a fucking kid coming yep. on the way and like they don't want this shit to they're not fucking bitches mm-hmm. randomly anymore they're not doing whatever the rap yep. shit not, not the lifestyle the lifestyle is different it changes so yeah. it's hard because you see a lot of cool college rap like artists come out 
and then they disappeared. Like, remember the Dean's List? Yeah. You remember them? Like, yeah, they yeah. were huge. I remember we, I opened for them. And mm. then I, out of nowhere, they just, like, vanished. And I'm like, mm. what the fuck? There's all kinds of artists like that. Where Chitty, just, Chitty Bang. Chitty Bang, yep. I fucking love Chitty Bang. They split up, though. Yeah. So it's a little different. But, yeah, man. Zaf Jones, or whatever his name was. What was his name? Zafoon Jones. Zafoon Jones. That dude was tight. You, you're doing the Mike Jones accent with it. That's... You going Mike Jones eight zero zero four? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy though. That's a that's an interesting that's an interesting take on it. But have you ever ran into any like direct conflict? Have you ever had someone? Because it's always weird. Like, I mean, yeah, like I mean, not not any issues. I think where I mean, there's definitely artists who don't fuck with white people. Hmm. Like there's I've heard, especially from certain people connected to certain people. They're like, yeah, he just don't really fuck with white white rappers. Whether it be like vlog people like uh or podcast people yeah who just don't like you know and, and that is like that's fine with me that's not really for me to say i, I always think a, a an interesting argument is the culture vulture argument the uh, cultural appropriation argument right um because rap is such a it's a foundation of black culture like mm-hmm. it's like a it was started by the black culture and so like i'm a white dude that's you know doing something that's predominantly something of another culture right so like i always i always like to participate in that um discussion i I don't like when people fucking get mad about it right because i don't i think that the discussion is healthy right um but i think that like when people start accusing other people of cultural appropriation then it gets iffy Hmm. it's like the miley cyrus thing where they're like oh you weren't popping but you wanted to be popping again and so now so you did this song with mike will and stuff Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't know her personally, but it's like I don't. I think that ultimately hip hop grew because of that, right? Yeah. And I think that that's probably a better lasting effect than the small boost in Miley Cyrus's career right. from that. I don't know. So what? What do you? What's your plans for the future? What do you? You just dropped a gang of music. Then had your. He was just back in Ohio. Whenever Kyle flies home to Ohio, shit looks lit on Instagram because you just go back in the hometown hero. Yeah, I like I like going home. Ohio's Ohio makes me feel good about myself. That's good. Yeah, because I'm out here and I excuse me, I've probably been recognized like ten times in three years out here. I also never go outside. I was gonna say I was just with you. You got recognized when we were at um fucking saddle ranch yeah. we were at saddle ranch which is a very touristy type spot and we were like chilling yeah. there and the kid came up to you and what did he say um he just oh i was wearing i was wearing that long story short hoodie like mm-hmm. my own merch and he was like oh i wanted to say hi well, i wasn't sure if it was you but i saw you wearing a hoodie like yeah i just don't want to feel like an asshole if it wasn't you but That's yeah so funny. So i just want to say what up and i was like yo you know ancient change i edited it and he had started following me and he started messaging me and now he wants to do go to my meetup you're always stealing my fans i man. know i'm kidding i'm sorry i didn't do that but it's yeah. weird that's a weird thing right like when you so when you go home is it kind of crazier like people uh see you and like oh shit i saw it it's definitely like if i go to the mall or something then a lot, like people will come up to me or like if I'm at the food court like one time I was eating a Chipotle burrito and I look over and this bitch is like taking a photo of me I'm like just <laughs> like just come say what up so, yeah. that, so that the photo's not like you should take a photo back you know yeah I should start just snapping a photo like Kendrick did when he when mm-hmm. he got to the airport yep. yeah started funny. filming him back dude I was I was one time uh, ride, walking with Andrew to go to Starbucks right over here and we were coming back and like this dude was driving on the opposite side, like passing us on sunset. And literally 
like we look at each other and I see him kind of look at us, but it was weird. And he whips a U-turn like in the middle of traffic, like sunset crazy. Packed he's out. a driver? He's a dri- He's driving a car. And he comes up behind us. And like it was weird because I saw him and then it took a few seconds, but then he turned around and he comes up again. He's kind of looking at us and he's like kind of rolling with us. And there's a dude in the back of his car. And I'm like, he's like, hey. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what do you need? He's like, Ben real? And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? And he's like, dog, oh, shit, I'm a huge fan. Blow, we got to work together. We got to work on some shit. I got, I think he was a rapper or something. I love how you go like this, as if he wasn't in a car. Like, you guys are dabbing. We did. No, I walked up to the window. Oh, Because okay, I walked okay, up to the window. Okay. I'm like, what's good? I'm, he, like, I'm like, bro, you guys are 20 up. feet away. No, right? I walked go, up to oh, him. Stretch your arm strong. Well, this is the best part. Yeah. We dab up, and I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to him. He's like, we got a link. I, I've seen all your shit, blah, blah, blah. And I like look in the back of the car, and there's just like this white dude that's just like, middle age like maybe he's like 40 he's just sitting back there and um and i'm like what are you what are you up to and he's like oh i'm just i'm driving uber bro and he's like yeah i just do uber and shit to make my money and i do this and this dude is in taking an uber ride this dude di- whips a yui on sunset with his fucking guy in the back dude's just like and he's just it? sitting there quiet as fuck like this is the weirdest interaction he's like all right bro we got a link bro i'm gonna hit you up i'm gonna dm you okay i'm gonna get your number and shit i'm like all right what do you think he said you think he was like hold up like when he was driving, you think to the he, passenger. He's, he's like, like, for sure, this is an opportunity for he's me. He's like, yo, <laughs> hold on one second. I'm about to pull this U-turn. And is that not crazy? Running. That was a trip. That's insane. That's aggressive. That was super aggressive. That was weird. That's aggressive. That's like that was tight. swim fan shit. I thought that was pretty tight. I was like, damn, I fuck with this guy. Like, really, like, fuck my job. Yeah, he just said, he fuck my care. job yeah. just to go dab. God damn, yeah. I hope he got five stars. I hope he did too. He probably did not. He probably I would not. No, would he definitely didn't. But yo, so so Cal goes home to Ohio. Uh, this is why we're talking about Ohio. He goes home to Ohio and he's playing shows and his fucking lat. He had been writing oh, more recently. Fuck. He's been writing music on um, by himself, recording, writing the shit, which has been impressive to hear your mixing because it's like actually. Yeah, you know, I'm. I suck at mixing. That's something I need to get better at. But, but my roommate Mark is really good. Oh, and so he sent me. Up? He sent me up. Well, he sent me up with this really nice template. Oh yeah. So like when I record everything, it already sounds pretty good. So I can just do little things to it that I know how to do. Right, right. That's yeah. what my friend did that for this podcast. And it's just little presets or whatever. But yeah. yeah. So he has all his music on his laptop, and his laptop gets fucking stolen yeah. at this show. And all of your new shit, all of this shit that you're proud of for looking forward to the future music is like robbed. Yeah, so literally. How did that fucking feel? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm so, I'm like not trying I, to think I, about it. Well, no, I just I don't really care about it anymore. I don't care about what's been lost. I just hate. I'm always trying to be so fucking nice to people, and I, I think I think I need to. Not I'm not trying to sound like oh I'm just so fucking nice to everyone all the time. I'm pretty grumpy ass dude a lot of time, pretty pessimistic and cynical and whatever. But I think I just let I just trust people so much, even mm-hmm. though like this shit happened that has happened to me before, not like the computer thing, but I've gotten shit robbed from right, before. right. Um, and I think that it sucks. It sets me up. It, set, it puts me in a position where like I'm gonna have to start telling people no when it comes to like access and this and that. And it's gonna make me feel like an asshole, and they're gonna probably a lot of people are probably gonna think I'm an asshole because I don't let them do certain shit, and I don't let a lot of people close to me, um, because I try to just be like really fucking nice and personable and not be inconvenienced to anybody ever. Whatever. Right, right. But now I think I gotta be like, no, you yeah. like, you, like, no, you guys can't be back here. You can't come back here. Tell the promoter like, hey, you can't. Everybody needs a fucking pass if you're gonna be back here. Like. I I need to hold people more accountable yeah, and shit. You never know what can happen, bro. Yeah, and so I it's like that's the worst part about it is that it I think ultimately 
I lost a little bit of faith in humanity because I'm like, man, this is my life on this laptop. This is like since I dropped the project June 30th and then this got stolen October 27th. So that's what, five months? Fuck. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. This, yeah. Um, you were so, really optimistic about it, though, because when I talked to you about it, months. I was like, do, do you have any of it saved? You're like, nah, just but out. I remember the shit that was good. So you're yeah. just gonna try to recreate what? Was yeah, already- I mean, I remember the shit that I really liked. Yeah. I think a lot of it was good, but I think there, it was so cluttered, anyways. Like there were so many half-ass documents on there mm. that were just like some written ideas and whatever. Um, that it almost was like a cleanse. Yeah. And once I once it's gone, like it, it, I was mad. I was sad. Then I was mad. It was like it was the process of when you like lose a person. It's the process of like when somebody dies and you go through that grieving process. That the cycle. I don't know what the five steps are, but there's like five steps of it, and it's like sad, mad, then acceptance. So it's like I finally got to the point where I accepted what had happened. Um, but it, I think the damaging effect, the long term effect, is that I just don't fuck with a lot of people mm-hmm. anymore. It's just like I. Because the people who I let back there, you could only get to the green room by coming on the stage. Right. So it had to be somebody that had been in and out of the green room all night. So all these people who I was just letting back there, sharing drinks with them that I had bought. Right. And just, yeah. And just trying to be like, trying to be a good person. I'm like, you took five months, m- more than five months of work. I mean, because I've had a laptop since 2011, 2012. So you took five months of my favorite work and you took five years. years six years of work that just random shit whatever just life whatever yeah. like letters fucking love letters or like letters to my dad right, right. my mom and dad and shit fuck man you took all that shit for what parts yeah maybe you for sell it for like three two hundred dollars tops yeah you know what i mean like what you take the you take the screen out fucked like, up bro that's my life that's my entire career the the other thing that i thought was like a moment like a cool moment that I wanted to go back to. Not the, the laptop shit was not a cool moment, but uh, <laughs> another tight cool, thing. Yeah, that another tight thing that I like that happened to you. That was yeah. shitty. No, what I love was uh, you had done ancient change, and it, like we talk about it because I hate it because it's like we're we're an hour and a half into this, but this we could have these conversations forever, mm-hmm. and there, and we were having this conversation before the podcast started about like how insane these moments are for us internally and it's something that you can never repeat like physically for someone to understand emotionally and physically like to understand like what you went through or the times like like just the other night when we were sitting there and liquor came on by chris brown and we both were there like those music videos like i'm there on set in the editing bay it brings that as soon as that song starts it brings me to a time that's just Mm -hmm. so interesting it was like the hustle time it was like the very beginning stages of like my career and for you it's like the same thing you know what i mean like you have these moments that it's just like you can never tell the person like back home like you don't understand how important this was or how meaningful this was to me because i've been thinking about this and might not ever make sense to you because you don't know who that person is but it makes sense to me and for you to have done uh ancient change have chris on your record have it go out it was he was in the music video you shot a fucking music video with chris brown in venice beach doing white man can't jump like that's crazy and then to go to you went you went to miami to catch one of his shows and i told you i was in yeah but that was that was before the video that was that was when the project was coming out which had the song Mm -hmm. so yeah but like you have all these like it's crazy and then all of a sudden you're back you goes through the show in in uh florida and 
I think you were backstage Khaled, was Khaled there? Not well yeah, we were backstage for a minute. Uh I don't know if Khaled was there. But there was a time where someone's filming it and like Ancient Change is playing and in Chris the dressing is, room like, and Chris is Chris rapping is his rapping. shit and I'm rapping my shit. Yeah, yeah. and like, it's just like the coolest moment. I'll post that shit in the show notes yeah. too. But like then this whatever, you're backstage, you go out and the show starts or whatever, and you catch yourself like writing a message to your fans or wherever you were gonna post it, Facebook, or writing a message to people that whoever's gonna read. And he tells a story like there's like all these girls that are there freaking out because Chris is coming <laughs> out and Cal's sitting there writing the message and he's just like so emotionally connected that he starts just bawling his eyes out because it's like yeah. one of those moments and just starts crying. At, then, a, at a Chris show. And he starts realizing that it's going to look kind of suspect that he is crying with these 13-year-old girls. I'm not the only crying. one crying there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm the only straight 25-year-old male just at the show that's crying. Just bawling. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? What um, was that for you? Uh yeah, I mean it was like I was writing, I was writing like a big Facebook post because it was like right before my first uh, project would come out on iTunes, and this is when streaming like wasn't huge yet, so yeah. like iTunes still mattered. Right. Um, and I just I you know I was happy with I was excited whatever it was my birthday at midnight, uh, I was in Miami at the United Airlines Arena or United not the United Center that's Chicago United yeah. Airlines sure, watching Chris's show and. Uh, and his amazing performer, packed house, whatever. You just just had the backstage thing with where we're both rapping and shit. You feel like a rock star. Yeah, and so I'm like typing this message where, to be honest, like I just wanted, I I was writing as a as a writer. Like sometimes you control the narrative, so you're like some things that you say are rhetorical. So like, I so part of the purpose of it was for me to like was promotion. Part yeah. of the purpose of this big letter and thank you and whatever was like because I wanted people to buy it. But then like halfway through it, it was so genuine and I sometimes you never get a chance to like reflect on what you've been going through and shit. And so finally I just looked back at the like the year and a half before that and the my first two years of making music and everything, I was like, holy shit, like this is kinda crazy. Um and then I just started fucking bawling hysterically. And I just go bury myself in the corner of like the little VIP, which is like the not backstage, it's uh actually like really far away on the floor. Right, right. Excuse me, and uh, I'm like looking up, and there's literally like 13 year old girls like crying right there. And I'm, like, Fuck. Fuck. I'm like, I can't do this. Damn. Um, and then I'm and I finished it, and then finally I was good. But I was I was I was a little drunk too, so like that didn't help. Probably. Yeah, but what a fucking moment! Like yeah like very big moment it was bro. cool like i'm you know i fuck i'm not ashamed at all about fucking crying about something like that because i think that when like like i said you never get a chance to reflect because you live with yourself every fucking day mm. and so you grow so gradually to yourself that it's not even noticeable right and sometimes like you will just every day goes every day seems so slow when it's happening and then it, but then they all fucking rack up like it's almost the end of 2017 already and you, so if you don't take a moment, like, I think, I don't think, it, I don't think you even can take a moment. I think it takes a moment for you to, like, reflect on what, what has happened over X amount of months yeah. or years or whatever. So the moment just presented itself where, like, I was going to reflect on it. It was like life was just forcing me to reflect on this because um, I don't think you can do it by choice. Crazy. And I just fucking lost it. Damn. Yeah. Well, fuck, dude. That's fucking a trip. I love watching it. I love watching you grow because I've been here for almost all of it. Like, almost not, all of it. Not all of it. But Pretty much all of it, though. Damn near. And, and likewise. I mean, that's, you know, it's been crazy to watch you get more likes than me on Instagram. I don't like 
You're a fucking cornball. I all right. So before, like earlier today, I asked in the private group, which you're part of, but you never use Facebook, so you don't mm. even see it. Shit. Sorry, but guys. I'll make him tune in one day. Maybe that would be tight because I said before what I really wanted was to do like Q and A's, like Reddit type shit, mm-hmm. but do it in live group. or yeah. something. Which yeah. I don't know how active it would be, but we're growing. Mm-hmm. We're growing a little we bit. Get we twelve got, people in there. Yeah, we just got like fourteen or twelve, thirteen hundred maybe. Like we got like four hundred new members in the last week. Damn, Josh, Miami, Josh. Josh plugged it on. Oh yeah, Josh, the yeah. guy. That's yeah. my guy. That's right. But anyway, so I asked them to like ask questions to you. Um, I want to bang these out quick. You don't have to. They don't have to be like long answers or whatever. But Essays. Yeah. So this kid Tyler Casey says, starting out, how important did you think music videos were for your career? Did you work with a specific director? How'd you go about picking out your directors? Which we've already talked about, but yeah. like, yeah, how did you go about picking these guys that shot the shit? Um, the first guys that shot my shit were just like my, my friends. And so I saw, I saw my one friend had, he had shot like a video. I saw one of his videos online of an ant crawling on a tree, like a up close video what? of an ant. And I was like, oh, you shoot videos? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. yeah. And I was I'm like, a- could you shoot a music video? I was like, yeah. So like, uh, I, I, I thought, I mean, I, I figured out quickly that they were important. Um, but, and I don't think they're as important necessarily as they were a couple years ago they're still really important because it's all about like building your image and stuff people want to see who's making the music too but back then it was hard to shoot them like we said like budget right gear, and having shit. something nice and it, but it was also like less pressure because it was like what can we do with this low budget nothing yeah. whatever um but yeah so i just i think my advice to new artists is like they people always ask me like what i mean like people ask me questions like that i'm like dude just find somebody who likes to shoot uh, you know what I mean? You you probably did the same shit yeah. when you were making music. You're like, we can just make this happen with anybody that wants to be a part of Every it. Every day. And so it, it was my guy, Paul and Jordan. Like, they just wanted to be a part of it. Like And be just, creative. Like, yeah, this we, shit was fun. And I asked them because I was like, yo, you fucking do this. And I am i don't know what the fuck I'm doing with rap. And you don't know what the fuck you're doing with video. But you have a camera and I have a microphone. So let's fucking shoot Yeah, something. it's a perfect collab. Yeah. Uh, um, the dude, Josh Dwyer. It's funny. I wonder if he's related to Lauren. I hope you would know Interesting. that. I don't know. I'll have to ask. Hey, Josh, are you related to Lauren? <laughs> we'll Why see. isn't he answering? I don't know. Fuck that guy, dude. Uh, no. Nah. So Josh. he said, Say I'd something. love to know about your digital marketing techniques, especially in those early stages prior to getting picked up. We'll definitely be tuning in. But I also think right now it's like very important, both sides. Super. But back then, like he said, that piff and all that shit, what else were you doing to market on campus? Were you doing, um, I did flyers. Like flyers and posters on campus were so crucial. Jordan, uh, one of my early managers, he, when I, I came out with this song about like Ohio State, it was like Ohio State sports themed. It was corny. It was good for being corny. Yeah, it, was, sure. it was as good as you can make a corny song. Mm. And uh, and so he would go around at the library and like leave these little ripped pieces of paper that said like Cal Scribby the Nation or whatever on YouTube or whatever. It's not on there anymore. Right. I control it. Um, but it's he would go drop those off. So like super guerrilla marketing, just lowest level grassroots or whatever. I don't know what the terms are. I wasn't marketing major. Yeah, I was a yeah, major. It's like guerrilla. Do we did the same thing with um, uh, like postcard? You know, I could get like five hundred postcards for like. Uh-huh. $20 or whatever. We did that and we went around our whole campus and put them in everyone's windshield and it had like, it was dope. It looked fly. The next day, I guess the sun, the shit that we bought. Oh, uh, white. It whited it out. No, it melted Washed the it. it melted the, the cover, like the UV cover or whatever, melted to the, these people's cars and campus like 
found our email on the on the fucking flyer the campus police like had called us and like you have to stop damn. doing this you damage cars like you guys could get arrested for this this is vandalism yeah we're like what the fuck we're just trying to promote free music we're like, we have no money hustle. like we have no we're way trying to hustle. yeah that ter- i was terrified i was like fuck. yeah but what do you do now um obviously i mean i don't do any of that I, I i wish we could still do that i just it's hard to have hands on the ground like that mm-hmm. feet on the ground Hats on the ground. I mean, I walk on my hands sometimes. Hats on the ground. Um, do you build a? Do you have any like um, street team shit? Have you ever done that? Um, I think we did. We did it early on, and it was cool because like when I would do shows and stuff, they would sell tickets. We still kind of do that when I have home shows, yeah. or, like shows where I know people in the area where they sell hard tickets, right? Um, and then I just like they can come. Like I just say what up to them. I talk to them like at the right. shows and shit. Uh, but. I haven't really done anything like that um, just because I've been so focused on making music and I totally believe that like if I make good music then all the little marketing stuff doesn't matter as much. Right. And it does. Like it does matter but I just want to blow up for making good music. I don't want to blow up because my marketing was like the shit. Right. Um, But anyways, uh, I think that, I mean, dude, Twitter is important and because the retweet button is really important. Um, so as much as I don't like necessarily doing backseat raps and shit, um, check those out by the way, if you want, you just, you do, how often do you do those shits? Um, I got, it goes in waves. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I do like two a week. Sometimes I won't do one for like three or four weeks, but, uh, every, just so everyone understands, he just basically sits in the back of a car and freestyles. Yeah. It's just shit. like when I'm riding around with my friends and yeah. they're like, Hey, rap, rap on this beat. I'm like, tight. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So I do those, even though I don't love to do them cause it's like, but they get a lot of fucking views. They do. And that's, so that's the benefit. But like, I, I just think that social media is kind of narcissistic mm. and, I feel like I don't know. I I'm I'm on the I'm right on the cusp of like knowing uh, that it's important and not using it at all like age-wise. Right. You know what I, I mean? Feel you. Like my brother's a couple years older than me, he rarely I mean he uses it but like he doesn't really use it. He's right, just right. kind of like once a day checking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like kids my age are like checking it a lot and kids before me are like uh, on it all the time, day. literally yeah, yeah. every second it's of the day. It's crazy what that can do. Yeah. Oh, we did one too. That was fun when you did the Trump thing. Remember when you did he, the he face did, swap? Was that when Trump was being? A, it was, was it was before office? the election. It was before, yeah. yeah. So he had done Snapchat just came out with the filter shit, and then he was was that even a filter or did you guys VFX the filter? No, it was a filter. It was a Trump we, filter. We put the phone down, and excuse me, I'm gonna post I, this too. By the way, we put the phone down, and I sat in the same spot every time. And we would just like Sarah would press the button and hold it like that. So you can, and we had the shittiest stand for it. So you can see that I slowly start to, <laughs> yeah, like drip. it starts moving. And I would have to get up and change the song because nobody else was helping us. So it just be so me. fucking funny. People don't understand how we DIY. do shit. Everybody's like, and then, and then when we do do something and it's like, it looks like a big production, like, oh man, probably threw a bunch of money at it. I'm like, there was, Hike it was two, me and somebody else. Yeah, did all this and shit. Some jeans and Jordan. But it was tight because he, but what he had to do was literally, record 15 seconds at a time for this song 10 seconds 10 seconds at a time for snapchat and then strung it all together to upload it so you could see like the full rap but it was really so it funny just looked like donald trump's ugly f- fucking face and i told him to do the cheat i said you should rub cheetos on your face did i you did that up? you did do at that the beginning right? he, yeah. <laughs> he puts cheetos on his face to try to get his skin orange all right um let's go back taylor lynn as an artist, what does he specifically look for photographers or videographers? Do, does he have like an in-house creative or do you look for new people? So I have like, 
I like when people hit me up and they're like, hey, here's my work. When people hit me up professionally and they're like, hey, here's my work. So if they like find my email, hey, guys, it's not fucking hard to find somebody's email if they're like, if they are a professional also. 100%. So don't fucking like tweet at me and say like, hey, can I DM you this? Or hey, who's your management? Like something that you can Google and find the answer to. If you're trying to ask me something directly, then you're already missing like the first step right. that, of professionalism. Yeah. So, um, but if I meet you in person, then it's whatever. That's fair game. Yeah. But uh, so there's some dudes who will just live in the city when I'm performing there and shoot. Cause like I don't pay a photographer or videographer to come around with me, uh, especially like one-off shows and stuff. Right. Just cause that costs money and yeah. I don't have that fucking money. Um, so I just look like people send me their work and I'll be like, oh, this is tight. Even if it's not like great, I'll be like, sure, come out. And if you got, if you want to shoot this, I can't guarantee I'm like going to post any of it. But if right. you want to shoot it for your own portfolio and your own experience, shoot the other artists I'm with, like whatever you can, yeah, yeah. if you need a in, if you need a pass to get in, here you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, like I understand its importance and everything. Um, I just, I don't know. I want people to fucking win Yeah. at the end of the day. So like if somebody hits me up and they're like, hey. I want to come shoot. I'm like, cool. Right. Come do it. You know? Yeah. So this dude, Porter Hops, he says, um, to piggyback off Taylor's question, what's the best way to on how photographers, videographers network with you? And just like you said, look for... Um, yeah, find, just be a professional. Like, find a, find a contact that's the most professional. If you, and if you can't find a contact that's the most professional, if you have any contact, then use that contact to find a more professional contact. So just be like, "How can I reach yo, out?" Yo, yeah. What's your email or what's somebody's email? What's your manager's email or whatever? Like, don't don't be like, "Hey, don't tweet me." Be like, "Hey, dog, what's your phone number?" And I tell people <laughs> like, all the time. I say like, th- you have to understand that the internet. So people take it for granted, but you look at it like a DM. Like, y- you deserve to talk to this person, right? Not saying you don't. Not saying you're not on equal level. All, all people are the same. But I'm just saying, like, for someone who is in a in a position that you look up to, you hit them up as if they have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. That's the imagine difference. imagine getting and people like on Snapchat. Like I try to reply to everybody on Snapchat and shit. And people, some people will get mad if I like don't respond to something. It's like, bro, I'm spacey. I don't even respond to my best friends' text sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's, sometimes it's just like I'm going through whatever. See so if I get to go back. Yeah, and or like if people are sending me music on Snapchat, it's hard. To, you can't just like the link that they send me in a Snap text it doesn't click like it doesn't i can't just click it and go to it you know what i mean so that means i would have to save it copy it yeah paste it in right, the right. thing watch it so i don't watch it yeah exactly. give me something easy and that's another thing i always say i i say anytime you have an interaction if this is gonna be your first, if my if i'm gonna try to reach out to you and i'm gonna send you my music or if i'm gonna send you my work whatever it is this is this is an elevator pitch i say every time you do it treat it as if it's your first time and your only time in an elevator and you're going from the first to the third floor and you have that much time to pitch yourself and if you come at me like start hit play and start playing a beat and you don't tell me why I should care about this beat, what went into making this beat, anything like that. What what kind of person are you? You have to really pitch yourself and do it as proper as fucking possible. So yes, if you're going to reach out and you're going to respond, you probably will respond. You're going to eventually see someone's, oh yeah, hey man, like uh, here's a bunch of shit and they just fill your feet up with fucking loads of content and you're like, yo, I can't, what am I supposed to think about this? Like if you form, say, can I have your email? 
can I send you all my photos I take and have, can I send you all my videos? And you really break down. This means this to me. I worked on this with no money. This is what I was able to produce, blah, 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 versus just a shit ton of things that make you leave the app. Right. It's like very distracting. So you have to know how to pitch and do it as proper as possible and just act like it's your only shot. Yeah. It's important. It's your only shot. It's important. And if you can catch me on a more professional platform, then you'll probably catch me in a more professional mood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not going to catch me just like on some social media shit where I'm like high as fuck. Just yeah. yeah. Shit. So my homie, Alec Smith, he lives out in uh, Denver. Boston Black with no cream shit. I appreciate it, dog. He says, what's the balance like between time spent making uh, live shows happen versus producing online content when he was undiscovered artist back in Ohio? And if he had to start from scratch again, would you change this approach? If so, what direction would you lean into? I was doing, when I was back home in Ohio, I was doing every fucking show I could get my motherfucking paws on. And I actually made a big mistake. I mean, I'm over it now, but it's kind of funny in retrospect because Chance is one of my favorite artists. But uh, I was doing these shows and they were usually at the same spots because like the same promoters would hit me up and they're like, oh, we got Time Flies coming through. Oh, we got Chip the Ripper coming mm-hmm. through. Oh, and, it, and I was appealing to all these different demographics too. So it was like, and I was starting this buzz. So people are like, you know, why not just get this kid on these shows? Because he might be able to sell like 10, 15 tickets. Hell yeah. So uh, I I was doing all these shows at Scully's and I was just like, which is a little like, I don't know, 800 cap venue. And I, and they were like, do you want to open for Chance the Rapper? And I was like, I don't know who the fuck Chance the Rapper is. This is before Crazy. Acid Rap and shit. And so I was like, I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to open. I opened twice last week. I don't want to open anymore. But other than that, like that's probably the only show that I like. There's other shows I said no to, but like I was that's doing, really I was doing funny. a lot of gigs though. You know what I mean? And not getting paid at all, literally yeah. zero dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, and so the one I missed was the fucking Chance one. Uh. But yeah, acid, I play, I acid rap. Tour too. Acid, did you? Yeah. Acid rap crazy. changed the way I make music, uh, but it, that wasn't out yet. So right. Damn. I didn't right. know Ten Day at the time. Um, Emmanuel Clench said. Wait, uh, what was it? Wait. Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't even. You didn't even answer that. Yeah, it was, I was just kind of. What's the balance? Changing. I guess what he was asking oh, was so, like, how much time were you spending working on your show production versus like your none. online? None. Just doing shows. No, it's like, I was fuck just. It. I, at first, I, my live show was just me getting up there rapping. And so I, and then I found out there was a difference between like putting on a show and, and rapping. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with rapping and making songs. Right. Like rapping and making songs are two different things. 100%. You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't, there was no juggling there. It was only time. It was just like, okay, I'm going to go do this gig mm-hmm. and it'll take me an hour and a half or whatever. So if you had to do it again, what would you do different? Um, I don't know if I would do anything different. I don't think, you know, at that point I was just trying to, impress people with content rather than uh entertainment factor like i wasn't trying to get up there and be like i can sing and dance and you know what i mean like i wasn't trying to do any of that i was just trying to be like i would do acapella shit every show because i'd be like shut the fuck up and listen to me rap real quick because this is that's why i want you to follow me anyways yeah um so yeah so i don't think i would do like right now i'm telling drew i'm like don't book any shows like with these last three shows that we did in ohio and shit in kentucky um, I didn't want to really do them because I want to put out a ton of music before, uh, before I do another show. Cause I want my show to be like completely different right. in like next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I did them anyways. Cause it was like, you know, cause I'm, I'm a starving artist. I need, That's right. God damn it. Need some, need some bread. So know? what uh, Manuel said was, uh, I also wanted to know how the hip hop scene is treating him as a rapper. Is it what he had always expected? Um... And we touched on it a little bit, but yeah, I guess people people aren't very nice all the time. Yeah. Not that I expected them to be, 
Uh, and I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty introverted person. I like people, and I feel like I'm nice to people. Most people, especially if they're nice to me, but I don't, I don't, I'm not really concerned. I guess with other people, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting to the, to the, I'm coming to the realization that I'm just whatever is going to happen to me is going to be like something that I do mm. and it's not going to be necessarily because of a connection because I thought that the I thought like oh I got something Chris Brown I got it right you know I was like oh yeah it's bread no I yeah. got it bitches yeah, yeah. yeah I thought I had it and then and then but I realized it's like it's a step it's, it's a, a big step, step yeah but it's a step every there's no such, such thing as a big break anymore it's not like it's not like a old 1970s jazz club where it's like smoky and dark and there's a record exec that happens to be in in town for the night in New Orleans, and he's just sitting in the corner, and then this girl comes up and sings, and he's like, I'm a Here's a million dollars. Yeah. It don't work like that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no such thing as a big break anymore like that. It's just a bunch of small breaks with yeah. work in between. So Damn. Yeah. Well, shit, dude. We covered a lot. We did. We'll do another one in the future, too. Yeah, we there's should. mad progress about to go down. That's what I'm hoping for. I got my computer up and running, so. Thank God. Yeah. You got to learn how to use a fucking cloud. And it hard drives. I know. I just got and stop trusting people so much. Well, I mean, just use that's hard the, drives. That's the moral of the story: is don't trust people, don't don't like people, or have faith in humanity. <laughs> it's like it counters exactly what Black with No Cream is about. It's like don't work with other people. Yeah, don't just ignore people. Stop being in groups, private yep. groups with people. Don't, don't go talk. outside. Don't share your ideas. Turn your phone off. Yeah. All right, that's All a good right. way. <laughs> I appreciate. It. How can people find you? Um, How you want to find you? at Cal Scrooby, C A L S C R U B Y on everything. Um, on Spotify, especially, because even though I get like 0.0001 cent per stream, it's still important. Still important. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, calscrooby.com slash merch. SoundCloud, uh, the. Wait, so are the mixtapes or whatever those like re- recent I'm, shit that you dropped? Is that, is that on Spotify? Um, no, those aren't. Those other people's beats. Damn, you know what? Every time I ride my booster board around town, like literally, I only listen to. I'll, I'll be killing those too. I only listen to those. Yeah, that's I'm funny. Killing those. SoundCloud.com/slash/CalScrooby. But yeah, I'll all put all the links. All the links are clickable in the show notes. Just click that fucking link at the bottom, and it'll take you to the the Black and No Cream website, and you find Cal. Thanks, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. If if you guys made it to the end. Yeah. If you made it to the end, tweet at us. Yeah. Both and say what do you want them to say. Um, butt cheese. If you made it to the end, hit hit us up on Twitter and say butt cheese. Just hashtag butt cheese. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good one. I mean, because they will only know if they it won't just have my chance. What size shirt you wear? Uh, medium. I'm gonna get you a black with no cream shirt. I'm gonna buy a black with no cream. No, shirt. I'm just gonna give it to you. No, appreciate. You gotta it, go go buy his stuff. It it keeps us alive. It, it keeps really us does. Afloat. It really People does. People don't realize that life is very expensive in Los Angeles, and we make dumb purchases. Not even that. Like it's watches. Like, I just bought that fucking camera so you guys could maybe see Cal better. So I look better. Just so you could see him. So yeah, buy some black window cream merch. Anyway, that's it. I appreciate it, dog. Yeah, thanks, man. You're a beast. It was fun. I love you. Thanks, love you, dog. All right, bye. Oh, we weren't recording. Shut up. I'm joking. Bye, 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 bye. That's it for episode number seven with Cal Scrooby. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Cal on all platforms. I shared his links in the show notes, uh, which you can find at blackwindowcream.com slash podcast. Leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you loved about this interview. If you're interested in joining the Black Window Cream private group for creators, 
Visit blackwindowcream.com slash join. And last but not least, buy some motherfucking ill-ass merch. It's on the website. Every sale helps me keep this thing alive. Subscribe to Black Window Cream. New episode every Sunday. See you next week, you bitch. Yeah, yeah.